0: Hey, this is Chase Sexton, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show.
1: Welcome to another Vital MX Moto X Pod Show presented by Boyson and Race Tech. This one's going to be a little different. We've got the 2023 GNCC Series finishing up, and we're going to talk a lot of off road tonight, Scotty. We'll have the 2023 XC2 champion on the phone, Liam Draper, as well as his teammate and Pro Yamaha's Rachel Archer, who just won her second WXC Championship at Ironman, or she actually wrapped it up a week earlier. Uh, then the legend, the infamous Stu Baylor is going to come on, talk about his second place finish overall at Ironman. I believe he's second on the season. And we're going to close this, the show out with a little bit of arena cross talk, which technically we're not supposed to use that title anymore. But the uh, Jay Reynolds, the owner of the General Tires Arena Motocross Nationals, is going to come on. Okay, talk about that series. It starts in about a week and a half, I believe, in in Kansas. So he's going to come on. Uh, before we get going, get into all those things. My always reliable co-host, Scotty
2: Thompson. You just gave me a compliment. I did. Don't oh, tell anybody. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Nobody's listening right uh, now. Yeah, man. I... Honestly, dude, I'm I'm kind of jealous of you, man. You Millville ride day last weekend, riding Ironman this yeah. weekend,
1: living the dream, dude. I thought you were going to say because I'm just awesome and. It, no, no, no that, that's not what I was thinking. That's not what you're thinking. All right, all right. Well, also on the phone, all the way from the UK, my buddy Lewis Phillips.
3: Hello, it has been a while.
1: It feels like it's been way too long for me, for you. You probably feel like uh, it's been a blessing.
3: Yes, sorry I haven't been around. I've been doing important things like watching a puddle evaporate. Um, (laughs) Uh, Okay. I am thrilled to see that you haven't tweaked this winning formula at all by improving the quality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a d-hole. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is not
1: how you talk to me when we're having our friendly conversations every day, Lewis. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, I, don't
3: know. I don't, uh, don't know where that came from,
1: to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is gonna be the Boyson open discussion, and don't forget that Boyson loves to spotlight the factory right racing's rider support program, which is a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boysen's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. If Scotty would ever get his bike back together, he could do that. (laughs) Join the community of Boysen Factory Flyers by visiting boysen.com. Yeah, so, Lewis, we're going to keep you on just for a little bit tonight because we're doing a lot of off-road talk, and that is not uh, your specialty. You
3: have No, like? if you're going to be doing that, then I'll get back to watching my puddle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'll last just a little bit longer. Just how, many, uh, how many tiles are on the ceiling of your... How many of tiles? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll
3: get to that after the puddle. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, listen, Lewis, last week, we, Scotty and I were talking about the quote-unquote crossover race that's been hinted at that uh, Luongo has been kind of touching on and trying to get together with um, MX Sports and Fell to have... Again, a crossover race that I think would be very exciting. There were some questions brought up by Scotty about how some of this is going to work. So can you give us some the details that you know of how the point structure would work, how, how that would happen and kind of work for... We have the AMA maybe involved, the FIM, with uh, that side of the MXGP uh, series. So like, how would all that work?
3: Um, well, it is just a rumor. Like, There really aren't any details. But when I say rumor... It's not like just something that's been out and about. There have been meetings, um, team managers were notified that this would happen. So, like, it's a little further along than a rumour, but that doesn't mean that there are any details or firm plans in place. When this first surfaced, it was the middle of 2022. And um, at that point, it was rumoured to happen in 2024. That's obviously not happening So maybe this will never happen. They are definitely still keen to do it, but as you alluded to, there there are a lot of um, a lot of ins and outs to this thing. So first and foremost, it would be a current round of MXGP and a current round of VAMA Nationals. So it wouldn't be an additional race. It wouldn't be. It would literally be as if nothing. It would just be a special version, or not even that, because it it's what we've got already. But it would just be a slightly special round of each series. Okay. Effectively, a normal round with more riders. Um, The way that it was, the way that I got it explained to me is that the riders would be scored as they finish, similar to the nations. Um, So if Tomac were to win and then the next closest AMA rider was fourth, they would get first and fourth points. The AMA rider wouldn't, wouldn't be pushed to second because, like, you know what I mean? The MXGP riders wouldn't be removed from the AMA points. The idea behind that would be to keep everyone racing hard and Sexton not be like, well, I don't need to pass Prado because he's not in my championship, so it makes no difference to me. Um, so that's that. I've heard that a few times. Um yeah what else do you want to know? I don't really know. Yeah, what else do you want to know Jamie friend.
2: So so when we were having the conversation uh last week about it Lewis the he I was trying to figure out how you would choreograph all the different sanctions of the of the different events you have you know you have the fim then you have the people that uh in front and then you have ama and then you have mx sports and then you have uh you know because now the super motocross together you have Feld a part of it how does how would you see that that would be organized and like would all those people get along
3: (laughs) well um FELD and mx sports are obviously already getting along and that's very public quietly they are also getting along with in front, like they are doing monthly emails and calls just talking about motocross, like essentially just bench racing. So that all three of those entities are like working well together or they're not working together yet, but you know, Mm -hmm. they're singing from the same hymn sheet, which is good. Um, If this race were to happen, I don't know how, what would happen as far as rule books and fuel and sound and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'd imagine that's probably one of the biggest tripping points. That's what I was thinking. If if it's going to be a round of MXGP, you can't tell the MXGP teams to suddenly adhere to different rules and vice versa. You can't tell the AMA riders to do that because it will be a round of their series as well. Um, So yeah, I don't know about that. That would be the biggest, I'd imagine that would be one of the things stopping this along with what would they do about the age rule? I guess you would just say that uh, for MX2 riders from Europe, you still have to be under uh, under 23. And then if you're an AMA rider, you can be whatever age as normal. Um, I guess that's how that would work. But yeah, apart apart from there aren't that many details out and about. And like I say, this may never happen, but it's stronger than a rumor. And like, Obviously, everyone in the world read my article on Vital MX last week. Yeah, everyone, one hundred percent. I can see that by the numbers. Yes. Um, <laughs> um. And Luongo is like openly discussing this, and you know how it goes in this sport. If it's if something is just a rumor, no one's going to give an interview where they answer questions about it quite like happily. Sure. So yeah, yeah. even the fact that Luongo is talking about it, that should tell you that it's more than just a rumor. It's a plan that they are trying to get off the ground okay
2: oh uh um, well how would how would the what do you think that would happen with the tv broadcast Would cbs and nbc both be there
3: uh well cbs don't all cbs do is take mxgp tvs oh, okay um, i didn't realize TV, that they don't the cbs don't do anything like particular for mxgp okay. they just literally rip off the feed and Put it on American television. They aren't involved at all, apart from having a deal to stream it or not stream okay. it, uh, broadcast it.
1: But yeah, I mean, that's one of those details that obviously we don't know yet. But MXGP and NBC Peacock would just have to come to some kind of agreement, I'm sure, and they 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 would probably figure that out. How likely do you personally think this is something to happen? Say next year.
3: Well, what next year,
1: 2024? Well, it's not on the schedule of 24, so 25. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, See, I liked, from everything that I've been told, like team managers being notified, the the conversations I've had with Luongo on and off record, that all makes me go, well, this this will happen. Everyone is super positive. They believe this. But then when we start to have these conversations and talk about TV and rule books, then I start (laughs) to go, huh, I wonder if they will ever like get through the the tape to make this happen. Yeah. But I think where there's a will, there's a way. If everyone wants this to happen, and I think they will, then at the end of the day, if Feld MX Sports and InFront are on board, there's nothing stopping us because they are the three most powerful uh, organizations in the sport. So if they are all going to push it together, why would would there be an issue?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Scotty said last week, I think think you said, Sky, like, well, what if say one team didn't want to do it or whatever. Like, well, okay, well, then I guess you're going to miss out on points because yeah. we're doing it. You know, if the two...
3: Where, if the two not even, go ahead. It's not even a case where one team would say they don't want to do it because as far as the teams are concerned, this is a round of the champ. Like, exactly. It won't, if you look at the pro motocross schedule, you won't notice a difference because it will look exactly the same. It's just that those people in the know will know that when you go to Red Bud or High Point or wherever it is, there's going to be more riders, and it'll be a lot, a much bigger event. A, an event that, if it ever happens, and again, I need to stress "if" because who knows? Um, if this happens, I genuinely believe it'll be bigger than the Nations.
1: I agree with you. I think it's something that a lot of the fans have wanted to see for a long time, and yeah, it'd be massive. Uh, I think the only negative, like really, I see is maybe a rider, like if an American rider got in between two guys that were battling in the gps for points like there'd be a bigger gap but that's just racing that could happen if they just race in the gps so i don't think yeah i don't see really any negatives other you know i kind of wonder have you talked to any of the gp riders that you're tight with like say jeremy or jeffrey and just what they would think of something like that have you heard any everyone's buzzing they're all all the riders too are
3: into it well so let me tell so when this when this I, i was the very first like Person to get this rumor. Like I was going around in MXGP to every team, going, "Have you heard about this?" And everyone was like, "No."
1: Oh, you were that so guy. I ran
3: around. I ran around spreading this, like, <laughs> fuck it, like wildfire, like COVID nineteen. Um, <laughs> yes, I was. It was my. It was, for like two weeks. It was all like I, I literally was how I started every conversation. Like, hey, <laughs> do you want to hear something cool? <laughs> so I got everyone's reaction, and everyone was like, "Fuck, that'll be sick if it does happen." <laughs>
1: I love it. I mean, Scotty, it's just, I think it's a win win.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be cool if, if they finally would put a, uh, the bet to rest all these questions that we always have.
1: Eh, I don't know if it does that because it's just one race. Like, well, if
2: it happens every year, then, you know. Yeah.
1: I, I still feel like the way that put those questions that you're talking about to rest, who's the best is you'd have to have a full series where you race in a lot of different terrain. And, and I don't think one race tells you a whole lot, but it'd still be pretty badass yeah.
4: even
3: even one championship doesn't tell you a whole lot because sure sure prado won the mxgp title was he the best rider you can debate that all day long um like yeah so like even if you run 10 championships there would always be a question there would never be an outright answer unless someone like carmichael just wins all 10 and then obviously it's quite clear
1: clear yeah Changing the subject, speaking of Jorge Prado, have you had any communication with him since he's been riding a little soupy?
3: No, I, I, don't want, I just imagine that his phone's probably blowing up. Yeah, so oh, yeah. okay. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I, I re- if I think, like for instance, when Jeffrey got hurt, I was going to text him, and then I was like, well, everyone's texting mm-hmm. him. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be one of the sheep. Mm. I didn't text How I did him. My life. I, Lewis, didn't, te- I didn't text is, him.
2: Lewis is playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. I like it.
3: It's like when Jamie finished for GNCC, I was going to contact him. And then I was like, everyone's contacting Jamie.
1: That is true, including Prado and Hurlings. They both sent yeah. me text saying, good job, dark Side. <laughs> 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 so speaking of Jeffrey Hurlings, dude, what is this guy going to do about his collarbone and injuries? Another crash this weekend in the Netherlands at the uh, Sandcross race. Yeah. Another collarbone injury.
2: I actually, I, I have a question. Why is he doing that? If he's been, if he's nursing an injury, that's my first
3: question. Uh, money makes that monkey dance. Okay,
2: okay, <laughs> heard.
3: Well, yep. yeah. What do what do we think
1: about this? It seems like every if he crashes, he gets hurt almost every time. I know that's been a big topic of discussion. But the collarbone, this has got to be what four times, five times.
3: Uh, my uh. Eight, seven. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I I think I actually said this after his first injury this year. Like, screw the racing. On a personal level, I can't imagine how tough it is to get hurt again. Yeah, and in another weird circumstance, like, I, I mean, it's not that weird because that does happen in a beach race. But I like. If you watch the video of that crash, it was so slow and gentle and there's no way on earth that I would think that that would injure someone. Yep. So the fact that that did injure him, like there's no way that has to affect his confidence, doesn't it? Like you have to be like, well, shit, like if that breaks my collarbone, um, then anything will. (laughs) But next, a roost will break his collarbone.
2: (laughs) Um, Yes, it's soft sand, right? Yeah, I was, I was yeah. about to
3: ask
1: you that about his confidence because you know him obviously better than Scotty or right? I, by, because we don't know him at all. So I was going to th- ask you where you thought his confidence level is because he, he does portray to be a very confident guy. Uh, but in your pretty in-depth interview you did with him a few months ago, like, you know, he's, he's a regular guy. He definitely has, you know, he, he definitely has his thoughts about things like that.
3: Well, he put on Instagram earlier <laughs> that he has that he has um, got two iron collarbones fitted, and there will be sexy days ahead in 2024. <laughs> the one I saw so, was where he
1: said he's going to start drinking more milk or something to strengthen the bones.
3: <laughs> oh no, he did another story today and said there are. In, honestly, his words were there are sexy days ahead.
1: Okay, well, I like the confidence. I hope he. I hope that's real. I hope he's not having doubts. You don't want him to get out there.
3: I you know. don't. I honestly don't think he has doubts. I think he just doesn't. I think he gives no fucks. Yeah. I, I think his mindset is shit. Oh, well, I'll get healthy. I'll come back. I'll win. And then if I get hurt again, I'll just get healthy, come back and win. You know, like I think he's just like goes. I think he does just go with the flow and rides for highs and rides for lows.
1: Well, that's probably a good way to do it. So he doesn't get too low. We don't, we don't want that. And we definitely, I want to see him back though in 25. I want to see a, I want to see a healthy geyser versus hurling versus Prado versus Favre in 25.
3: Well, 24. 24, um, that too. 24, 25. <laughs> well, yep. 25, you I, won't be able to see that because Prado will be in America.
1: Yep, yep. I was jumping ahead too far, Lewis. It's, thank you for calling me out on that.
3: Yeah, Prado, Prado, I would bet all of my money that Prado will be in America in 2025.
1: Well, you don't, You used all your money to get your visa.
3: Yep, but good news. I did some research earlier. In Indonesia, I would be a millionaire still.
1: <laughs> so, Breaking news: Louisville <laughs> moving yeah. to Indonesia. Yep,
3: yep. Where the Indonesia- well, to be honest, so Where's- honestly everyone would be. Uh, it turns out that fifty euro, uh, fifty dollars, is million in Indonesia. Oh, Wow, those those, Indo-
1: those Indonesia's are broke. They're poor people.
2: So, so my monthly yep. rent would I could just go ball out one one month in Indonesia.
1: Yeah. You can go over there and become an in- Indonesia, Nisias. T- Indo- Indo- <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, Lewis knows where I'm going.
3: It's a, yeah, anyway. sad inside joke.
1: <laughs> all right, Lewis, that's all I got for you tonight, man. I'll let you get back to watching your puddle. We're going to move on with an off-road talk.
3: Okay. Um, Jamie. Yes, sir. Have a great show.
1: Thank you, Lewis. You have a great night and I'm sure
2: I'll talk to you tomorrow. Wait, wait am I supposed to have a, t- a trash show?
1: He doesn't remember your name. Yeah, I know. You
3: That's just, okay. you just, you just do what you got
2: to do. Okay. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. All right. See, see you, buddy. Lewis Phillips, always entertaining. Love his content. MX. check out everything he's been writing. Before we move on, I want to remind you guys about Race Tech. I've uh, got Race Tech on my YZ250, which might be sold. Can't wait for the. Shit storm, I'm going to get from. Yeah, why
2: did you say that? You shouldn't have said that. Because the person I'm selling
1: it to listens to the show and, and, and like it's, it's going to get out there that I don't have it anymore if I sell it. Mm. And even though Kiefer was like, you can, he told me like, when, as soon as I got it, he's like, oh, you, you know,
2: he's going to still give you. Yeah, he's like,
1: you can it. sell if you want, but I know it's going to be brutal.
2: You don't, you don't like having the backup bike? I do,
1: but what I would rather do is get the money from that bike to pay off my shop and then have that money every month that, like, that I'm spending on the shop payment. Oh yeah. I just I want that off my plate.
2: Yeah, that's So, a good idea. and
1: I don't really ride the YZ other than yeah. like I let other people ride it. Yeah, I've ro- I've rode
2: it a few times. But um yeah,
1: I think I just I just kind of want to get rid of it. And if I do have a backup bike, I would rather get like a 350 that's mm-hmm. mine.
2: Yeah, I mean, it should be able to sell it good. It's only got like 20 hours on it.
1: 19.8. Yeah. Yeah, yep, 19.8. I still have to do the FMF exhaust test on it, so I'm going to put it a couple hours on it probably. Mm. I was going to do it this weekend, but now it sounds like we're going to get rain. Uh, but anyway, it has Racetech on it, and it's the best. Uh, Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. All Racetech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. And don't forget, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory-level suspension to the everyday rider, and they're located all over the United States. Check out Racetech.com to find your local service center. Get to get with their uh, your local service tech meet them, introduce yourself, start using them. They'll they'll probably at your local track riding and they'll help you out with all the all your needs. Uh yeah, you want to get into some GNCC talk? Yeah. So, <laughs> Iron Man this weekend, right? Uh what we got? We got 10 minutes before we got to get let me kind of ask me some questions. I got to text Liam and let him know we're calling him here in a minute. So, yeah, do you got any you got any questions?
2: Yeah, before? well well the first thing we have to address is the is the uh the post that you put out that I guess was prompted by your buddy, Kiefer. Oh, the, the train, troll yeah, training troll training? Yeah, the before yeah. troll training and after, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, when I saw that, like, it's, it is kind of funny that y'all were, do that you know, joking around like that. Sure. But, like, dude, like, that is that is two completely different people. It's insane, which you've. Yeah. The they,
1: first, the before picture was actually when I was riding in the desert with Kiefer when I'm, I got the Yamaha. So, that was a year, over a year ago. Yeah. But, yeah, much, much better shape. So, yeah, yeah okay. Anybody that remembers, maybe some people don't know. I did Iron Man last year, crashed. Thought I broke my collarbone. Didn't finish. So I got the nickname from our friends over at Pulp Max and Kiefer of Quitside. Yeah. That actually might have come from my boss, Michael Lindsay. I can't remember where it actually started.
2: Doesn't matter. Got a
1: lot of crap about not finishing. So I went back this year for redemption. I did finish. Uh, I signed up in the plus 45 B which I probably should have signed up for C, which that's what I did in Florida. Yeah. Those guys were a lot better, but I did finish. I finished 15th. I had been telling everybody 13th, but it was 15th. Yeah. 15th out of 22. And yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, when I got the checkers, I could have went another lap. I felt pretty good. I was glad I didn't have to go down another lap. And we're going to probably talk more about this after the guest Cause we do have our guests coming. I can't get too much into it right now, but um, track was perfect. They got a little bit of rain before the race or the course was perfect. Not the track wasn't too muddy. A couple sections were pretty muddy, but it was, it was really a perfect off-road race. It was so much fun. Before we get into the details of the riding, I, I want to thank a few people. So Ampro Yamaha had me out.
4: Mm-hmm. That team
1: is owned by legendary off-road rider Randy Hawkins. Yep. Randy was fantastic. Mike Ulrich with Yamaha got me hooked up on that situation. And then I want to thank all the riders that were part of that. Uh, the team, Ricky Russell, Liam Draper, Rachel Archer, Zach Osborne, uh, I had my my mechanic that weekend was Josh Siegel. He kills it. He's, he's a pulp fan and listens, and he helped me out with practicing starts, even though my start was terrible in the actual race.
2: Oh, yeah, we, you're worried about pushing that button.
1: So, yeah, it's dead engine <laughs> starts. We practice them. Like, each – there's so many rows of classes. Like, there's – I think I was row seven. Yeah. So, the first row goes, and when they do the dead engine start, you do a practice one. And it started every time until my time, mm-hmm. and then it didn't start.
2: Well, of course.
1: So – that kind of that was a bummer. But realistically, even if I'd pulled, say, the whole shot, those guys were so much better than me. It wouldn't have mattered yeah. going by. The goal was to finish. We finished. Uh, there were some man. Pulp Snowboards listeners, fans out there from Pulp Mix. Uh, Tiller, Brent, and Josh were out there supporting Justin Starling, and they were giving me a lot of support and yelling for me on the course. And they were there at the finish line when I came off. So I want to shout out those guys. Uh, then the biggest... Thank you. Goes to Cody and Mackenzie who let me stay in their RV. They're friends of mine. I met them at Minneapolis, or Indianapolis Supercross this year. They're fantastic. They had their their beautiful daughter with them. Uh, Naomi, who I got to hang out with and play with. She gave me a huge hug when I left. She's like three or four years old. Aww. Maybe five. I, I apologize. I don't know how she, she just She's just the cutest little thing. and so sweet. Gave me a huge hug when I left. That was my highlight, by the way. I need to write <laughs> that down for my prox highs. Um, but I also met Mackenzie's dad, Pete, and his wife, Tara... By the way, Pete is very, very, very basement. Okay. (laughs) But Friday night, we go to the concert. They have a a concert at Iron Man. I don't know that they do this at every GNCC, but they had a live band Friday night. We're there. We're hanging out. You know, There's some drinks being had. Pete's drinking a few beers, and, man, he's talking some shit. Yeah. Talking about, you know... He's telling me all the stories about how good he is, and he's talking shit with Cody, his son-in-law, and he's like, hey we got to figure out we're all all going to have a bet on who finishes better. Obviously, those guys, Cody and Pete, have way more experience than I do. So Pete's trying to figure out these handicaps where it works out because of my lack of experience plus our age over Cody because Cody's a young little bastard. (laughs) But all his handicaps work in his favor. He's making sure that whatever happens, he can win. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, man, I'm going to win. Of course, he's talking all this shit. Then Saturday, he's like, man, I don't think I'm going to ride. My back hurts. He's old. And I mean, it kind of like, why are you being a pussy? Yeah. It's just all days, man, I just don't think I'm going to ride liquid courage, man. He ran out. Yeah, of it. He ran out. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I think he was just worried that he was going to get worked by me. I and don't Cody. think,
2: I think I had a lot more. You don't know Pete. You just <laughs> shut up with Scotty.
1: <laughs> but then Saturday night, there's another concert and more alcohol being had. And then Pete's like, okay, I'm thinking of racing tomorrow.
2: So then we made him. He's like, you got to do you it. You got to go
1: now. So he did race. And here's my question for you. So at the end of the day, we both finished, Pete and myself. My finishing total time of my race was one hour, 51 minutes, and 56 seconds. Just under two hours. Not bad. Yeah. His total time was two hours, 17 minutes, and 17 seconds. So almost 30 seconds long, 30 minutes longer on the course than me. What does that tell you?
2: That's you were, uh, probably cheating <laughs> mm.
1: tells me I finished the race faster yeah, than him. I, That's all I know. Yeah. Any other details do not matter. I got you, Pete. I finished in less time than you did. Yep. So I think that makes me the winner.
2: The tortoise, get, uh, tortoise in the hair.
1: Yep. Now yep. Cody, I tried pulling up Cody's results and the GNCC website was giving me crap today, but Cody, Cody rips. And honestly, Pete rips too. I looked at his lap times. So should I be, should I be honest or should I just leave it at that?
2: Hey, you got to do whatever you got to do, man. Look,
1: he actually did an extra lap than yeah, I did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so his lap times
1: were about. I'm looking right now, like five to seven minutes faster,
2: which it's, it's is pretty
1: significant. I like my first 12, lap was 36 miles? minutes.
2: Twelve. His 12, was 30. Twelve mile
1: Uh I don't know how many miles that one is for sure. I think it's less. Wild boar was like 13. I'm pretty sure this one was less. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10, I can't remember the number. Um, so maybe somebody in the chat maybe no, may know there's maps. But no, I just want to get Pete some shit. He, yeah. The whole family was fantastic. I met Mackenzie's sister and her husband, Pete's other daughter, Sarah and Ryan. Just the whole family welcomed me in.
2: Yeah, those,
1: uh, the... Tara made uh, this roast or pot roast for dinner. Oh my God, I generally don't like pot roast.
2: Yeah, I'm new, you one of the either.
1: best things I've ever ate in my life. Like I had two or three bowls of it Saturday night. Didn't care. Was that
2: because you were tired and under any kind of influence, or is it just that good?
1: We'll get to that after the show. <laughs> okay. After the after the guest, we got to get. Well, yeah, there was a little bit of drinking had. That was after though. The drinking was had after. Okay, thing. I think that was Saturday night. I'm
2: so yeah. I to say is it, Well,
1: if, I, I drank a little bit Friday night, but like one beer that Pete gave me because I felt I I felt the peer pressure. Ooh, one beer, man. Yeah. Well, unit you know, for me, that's I don't like beer.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: But I, yeah, it was, it was some really good food. So I just want to thank all of them for everything they did. Just a great family. And I appreciate their hospitality. It's really nice having people that, and the whole GNCC scene is that way. Yeah. They're, like they're, they're everybody is just awesome. We definitely aren't going to get wrap this whole thing up and talk about it too much. Let me, uh, I'm gonna work on getting Liam on the phone while we keep talking. But, um, yeah, Ironman Hill. That's kind of the highlight of the course. It's one of the, the big obstacles that everybody kind of worries about. And unfortunately, I'm going to get a lot of crap for admitting this, but I didn't make it up Ironman Hill one single time. Mm. The very first lap, there was a traffic jam. I got halfway up, and the dude in front of me kind of hit the guy in front of him and then fell over, and then I had to stop and go back down, and I just said, screw it, and I went around. And every lap that I got to Ironman Hill, there was a traffic jam. And I said, screw it, I'm going around every lap. And I kind of regret that now. Yeah. But I just
2: wanted to. You got to finish, man. Like that's I, I'm yeah. With the you goal was that. to finish because I'm if I you. didn't
1: finish, I was gonna never hear the end of it. So yeah, we're gonna get our first guest online, and he'll probably give me some crap for not ever getting up Ironman Hill this particular week. I did do it last year. That, I don't guess that counts really. Um, so I'm it's a little like, bit,
2: yeah. You can't get. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You either finish. No, but look, I finished. Yeah, you finish or don't. Next you don't get year, the hill or get the hill. Next finish. year
1: we'll be. We'll work on improving time and being better. Uh, but FXR is designed by racers for racers, with industry-leading fit, finish, and performance. Progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you, provide you with the best products possible. Visit fxrracing.com to see all the numerous gear lines. The 2024 gear line colorways are out. They're available at your local shops. Ask for FXR tonight. FXR brings us the 2023 GNCC XC2 champion and Pro Yamaha's Liam Draper. What's up, Liam?
0: what's up guys how are you
1: good man uh has it all sunk in yet how are we feeling
0: uh yeah i mean it's slowly slowly sinking in it's quite funny uh me and craig craig DeLong, been hanging out together since we left the track we played golf (laughs) together today so it's kind of like chatting about it most days together and hanging out it's quite funny really
1: yeah like I don't know how much you know about the show, but you know, we primarily focus on motocross and supercross. So I always kind of wonder, there's a lot of things I don't know about the off-road world. So I wonder how that championship compares in your mind to say a super, like Eli Tomac win a championship and what, how much it means, how much of your life has been, this has been the goal.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big goal and a big dream of mine. I mean, I'm originally from New Zealand. So I, I pack my bags and, uh, 2018 and left New Zealand and lived in a sprint van and did the whole thing. And, um, it's crazy to think how far I've come since then.
1: Yeah. Since we don't know you that well, let's get a little bit of that background. Grew up in New Zealand. Uh, what, how did you get into motorcycle racing? I did read, do a little research and I saw that your parents, I guess your dad rode and your parents met while racing. I believe So I assume that's your entire kind of your entire youth was just around motorcycles
0: yeah definitely um yeah it was through my family my dad raced and um uh, yeah I mean it just progressed from you know every kid's p-dub 50 progressed up and up and I actually got off of um an off-road black and did trials for three years um three or four years just solid and then I did moto in New Zealand and then um after that I went back to off-road and um a really close friend of mine um i'm sure you guys know ben townley oh, yeah. um he was like i lived with ben for a while and uh, he's like man you gotta you gotta do something with this um <laughs> so i got uh a good friends with Wibbs too paul wibley a former gncc champ and we kind of just lined some things up and yeah got in contact with someone over here in america in 2018 a husky team and um yeah I'd never talked to them over the phone just through email and stuff and yeah I jumped on a plane and they were there at the other end and picked me up and I stayed with them for a few days um and then yeah I got my own van and my dad came over and we built it out and I lived in the van for 2 months and then uh I met Stu at a race in Georgia and uh ended up living with Stu Baylor for 2 years and was in his wedding and everything and that got me onto the onto a KTM and KTM support and then uh yeah for the last four years I was on a KTM supported team and yeah then I got in contact with Randy at the end of end of last year and here we are. So
1: growing up in New Zealand what is the racing scene like, the the motocross scene, the off-road scene? First of all, it sounds like you were more drawn to off-road, but is there a possibility to earn a living in New Zealand racing series, or is, it, is coming to America kind of the the end goal most of the time?
0: Yeah, I mean, America is always the end goal. Um, uh, Obviously, people like BT and even Cody Cooper made a living in New Zealand racing motocross, but it was probably uh, maybe – maybe Paul Wibley was the only guy in his own in off-road like hair scramble racing to make it a job so I worked worked a week and uh, raced on the weekends so I used to do a little bit of work on a farming business and driving tractors and a bit of everything really and yeah just to make it work. Awesome.
2: Hey so we had a listener that wanted to uh, know what kind of bonus you guys were getting <laughs> from the like from the championship and from just a just a race right
0: into the money thing huh
2: that's why i'm just right giving the people money, what they huh? want giving the people what they want
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's she ain't no supercross and motocross budget that's for sure but uh no i mean we make we make it work and um obviously i'm not gonna say the exact number because it yeah, no probably worries. get me in trouble but uh no i mean it it's an off-road budget and um it's enough. I enjoy it, and um, yeah, it's enough for me to do it for a living.
1: So, no, no Lambo being picked up this week, though, huh?
0: No, I ain't rolling down to the Lambo. <laughs> it feels,
4: a
2: yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't really follow the sport crazy. I do keep up with it somewhat, and uh, but i I've heard, I've kind of seen that that's the general vibe. That it's it's enough to where you are enjoying doing it, and it's, everything's taken care of. But it's not it's not anything like that's crazy. And I I am kind of curious to see. It seems like y'all are getting bigger, so I, I would want—I would wonder what it's going to be like in the next few years, and and if I don't know if you're moving up classes next year or not, but that that should change things as well, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, definitely the money has gone up uh, a lot. Um, I mean, my first year over here, I was I wasn't paid at all. I was on bonuses um, just from the promoters and things like that, but. Um, from what I know, the the salaries and the bonuses are definitely been going up. I mean, good. I'm staying in X 2 next year to defend my title. Um, and I'm going to ride a 450 in a sprint series, but okay. just from this year to next year is a uh, is a big big up.
1: Yeah, I always we've had a I've had Craig DeLong on in the past, and obviously your teammate Ricky Russell. Those are the two main off road guys we've had. I I find it interesting that the sport. The GNCC, the off-road series is, are not as big as quote unquote popular as supercross or motocross on TV and commercially. But at the events, there's, I think Davey told me, I'm looking at my notes here. Davey told me today that it was 2,834 unique entries this past weekend and somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,000 people out there. I mean, it was, it looked like double the people that were the, at the Ironman motocross national. It's a shame that, it's such a big fan supported event, but the pay is not as significant obviously. And I wonder if a lot of that is because the coverage is more difficult to show it on TV or I I just wonder why that is.
0: I I honestly think that is it. I mean, um, we, they do their best with the drone footage and, and all that, but nothing beats, you know, being in a stadium and having a bunch of cameras Super easy to get to and TV coverage. It's almost better to watch. You know, I've been to supercross and motocross, and sometimes it's even better watching it at home than being there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I just think you guys deserve a lot more recognition from the mainstream media than what is given sometimes. I mean, the fans see it. The GNCC fans are unreal. Uh, I've I've now been a part of three of them the snowshoe, or not snowshoe, uh, Wild Boar, and this one with you guys. And then last year I did Iron Man with the ktm team and it's just yeah it's crazy how many people are there and it's so supportive like those guys are out there helping and they're they're along the course just yelling and cheering and it's it's one of the coolest things i've ever experienced
0: yeah definitely i mean if uh if you get a chance to do it next year i'd uh i'd put snowshoe on your list because that one's just as wild as uh if not wilder than what you just went to.
1: But that's the one. Okay. I think that's the one that's like real like rocky and kind of more tight. Yeah, you may Yes-y. not
0: enjoy the course, but no. the uh, atmosphere is something else.
1: Maybe I'll come yeah. hang out, but I don't want to ride yeah.
2: that one. Yeah. Liam, yeah. He, he has a, he has a uh, tendency to have to go to hospital when he does things like that. So we're going to have to, from Vital and Max, ain't going to let him do that.
0: <laughs> right. For sure. No, it's uh, it's definitely one to, uh, to watch the uh, snowshoe, we start on the pavement in the middle of a township. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll try to make. The, I'll try to make it out to that one. You've, I don't think I want to ride. You've
2: it. never seen the footage. I always see. I have it. No. Every year when they do snowshoe, I always get an Instagram clip of of somebody wiping out and taking out a a banner or something on oh, the first corner nice. every every t- every year. Uh,
4: yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about this season, Liam. Uh, I believe it was three wins, nine podiums. I mean clearly your best season by far what do you what do you kind of make of that you said you changed teams but you know what what set this season apart from others
0: yeah I mean uh I'd been on a a team for four years and um nothing I'd, I'd never really I I was capable of wins and proved myself that I was I was a guy to to win races but could never seal it and uh yeah I'd I basically hounded Randy down for this opportunity and they gave me a one year deal to prove myself. And, uh, yeah, the team, I think the team is the biggest thing, you know, a team that wants to win and does everything possible to win and a mechanic that's works his ass off. Um, just the whole lot just came together really. And good teammates was obviously Zacco and Ricky. It's, um, definitely helped.
4: Oh,
2: yeah so um i was looking at your your points or and like how how the, everything was structured earlier today and i saw that you know you you obviously won the xc2 championship but there was there was a deal where it says that you know you got like 10th overall i i didn't i don't know the sport well enough and maybe some of our listeners don't to Where i'm not really sure how that works what do you, you you guys are in an overall championship as well
0: that's that oh go ahead Come on. Yeah, so that's uh that's XE1 and XE2 joint. That's the overall points for right. the year. So I'm 10th overall with the XE1 guys. Okay. Which is, that- is um the top 10 is, top 10 gets you on pro row. Like uh, if a team's looking for you um, to have a semi on pro row, they need a top 10 guy. So being inside the top 10 is quite a big thing.
2: Okay, yeah. See, I, that's kind of where I was going. Where I was thinking that, that that was, but I wasn't really sure about all that, and I didn't realize the pit thing. That's really cool. Do you? Uh, do, have you ever seen? Has there ever been an XC guy, XC two guy, finish higher than that? Higher than what you did?
0: Yeah. Um. I know. I think Ben Kelly, a few years ago, was I want to say fifth or wow. fourth, maybe. Yeah. He was. He went. He won the first seven. He won seven or eight straight races in XC two
1: a minute ago you mentioned randy hawkins he's the team manager team owner of ampro yamaha and of course a legendary off-road riders we've talked about how much do you lean on him for pointers do you talk to him about setup and training and just the racing in general like how, how much do you talk to him about that in his history
0: yeah um i talked to randy a good bit um you know his knowledge is pretty uh far and um most races you know randy will be out there watching the track the 10 a.m race and checking things out and he'll come and sit down with me and and let me know the things he sees and um give us ideas like this past weekend the track was super rough and he was like man you gotta you're gonna have to start squaring stuff up you know swinging wide going up the inside just little things like that and his advice is uh is good
1: are you there yeah okay i thought i thought we lost yeah he he didn't give me that advice liam i, I missed that
0: i was Yeah, you missed that memo no
1: i would have i should have been inside for that team meeting but that was after my race
0: yeah no randy's uh randy's definitely helped me a lot and um the biggest thing was nothing's a problem there like if if i wanted to test um it would we would go test you know and I think I tested only three times this year, which is all I needed, and and I was super happy with my stuff. But he would always call and check in and see if I needed anything or just things like that. That's what made the difference on from coming from a supported team to a factory team. Yeah, I can see that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know you guys do a lot when y'all are coming into it's it's something that motocross and supercross doesn't experience where you guys pretty much do a pit stop and you have to get gas refilled and I was changing your water bottles out and get new goggles and stuff but not only those guys but the guys that are spotting you and stuff on the course like i i've seen the sometimes in the footage they'll be like pointing out a line or stuff like how how pivotal is that to you and like do you are you kind of like if you're racing you know you're in a battle with somebody do you, and you know where somebody's going to stand are are you like really looking for their input and stuff does that big part of it
0: yeah definitely um the spotters are a massive help, especially when it comes to like a a big mud race you know you, uh i think it was two or three races ago we had a full-blown mudder and i think the yamaha team had about eight guys on the track with that all had backpacks full of goggles and gloves and but uh, they were also at a mud hole pointing us lines to get us through where previous places i've been like we didn't have the that kind of resources to have people out on the track like it was you're out there for the lap and get back if you want goggles you know and that's what makes the difference from from being a, a podium to a top five guy to winning a championship i believe
1: yeah those resources are huge and scotty since you haven't been to one the pros the the bike pm riders they they race down pro lane so the pits are lined up at like at iron man and, yeah, and they race down that lane and like the riders girlfriends and the wives oh. are, are they're out there holding the water bottles and these dudes are just ripping by grabbing them as they go it's super impressive yeah i've seen it's, it okay yeah yeah <laughs> it, it blows my mind and then the, they'll <laughs> miss the water bottles oh well we've got to keep going you know it's it's crazy to watch them wait
2: with... have you have you ever seen anybody get like clipped or anything like that anything like that you're asking me or yes i'm asking him yeah
0: yeah, I haven't personally seen it, but I've heard heard it's happened before. I think it was actually uh, – I want to say it was Caleb Russell's wife got hit a few mm. years ago. Mm. A long time ago, she got got hit. I think it was her.
1: Yeah, that's, that, I can but, see it uh, happening. It
0: could easily happen. Normally, normally we try and get them in a tight left-hand turn. Normally, they put a chicane right before we get on or leave pro row. But the left-hand turn, a slow left-hand turn is the best because we are always – to grab the bottle with our clutch hand,
1: right? Yeah, it's very, very impressive. And speaking of like, you talked, Scotty, about a wife or girlfriend getting hit, there's also fans that are just like running across the track. Yeah, and it's people nuts, getting man. clipped. I think Justin Starling said he saw somebody get hit, yeah. and I had I came in a tight section at one point. And there wasn't much room but for one bike and there was three dudes running down the track
0: in front of me. I was like, dude. Yeah.
4: Move! Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> what uh, that's why you need to get to Snowshoe. There's a, a mud hole. It's called Howard's Hole. If you guys get time, search Howard's Hole Snowshoe on, on YouTube or whatever and it's friggin' crazy. The quad the quad day's worse than us because there's there's every bit of a thousand people at this mud hole <laughs> and they will stand in the middle of the track and um like they'll ride with the I've seen people jump on the back of the four wheelers and just go for a ride until they fall off. But
4: they take
0: coolers down there, and they're down there from 8 o'clock in the morning, jam packed full of coolers. And luckily, we don't have as many because they're all still hungover. (laughs) But we don't see too many, there's only a few. But it's pretty impressive.
1: It's similar, I guess, to me what I saw at Ironman Hill. Like, there's hundreds, if not thousands, sometimes of people just standing there and waiting for bikes to go flying, and they all have their cameras out, but they're also ready to grab somebody if they start to fall. So, yeah, yeah, Uh, Hold, hold my beer. You mentioned testing a couple times this year. How does testing for off road work again compared to what we're used to? Track terrain is very, very different between these different types of the different courses you go to and I'm sure it's not as easy to set, to go out to a place with factory Yamaha and have a a suspension guy there and do all your testing. So how does a testing day work for you?
0: Yeah. Um, so we use, we use factory connection and, um, so the preseason testing, uh, we normally go to Randy's place in union and, um, we just beat in a woods loop kind of deal. And, test test a bunch of stuff and then we go away and race the southern races in the dirt and uh, and we came back up north and kind of try to get a base setting for the rocks but it's super hard because the terrain is just so different and you kind of just got to merge a setting together like a dirt a rock setting that you think is gonna be good but the thing you got to watch for is It may feel good at the test track when you're sprinting for 10, 15 minutes, but you also got to set it up that that thing's got to last three hours. And if it's stiff, feeling stiff at the test track, it's sure going to feel pretty horrible at that last three hour mark when you're tired and your body's fatigued.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hour three, it would be a beating for sure. That that makes sense. Do you... Do you kind of have a time frame in your head where you go, okay, first couple laps, I'm sprinting. Then I'm going to have a, a a pace down lap. And at the end, do you kind of time it out where you have times you push or is it depend course dependent or how does that work?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, normally uh, we stick together in a big train for until the gas stop. I think the mm. gas stop, it runs kind of chill for the first hour and a half. And then once you get to the gas stop, you figure out, who you're with and then it's like all right who's who's going to the front and that's normally when the pack breaks away and you start seeing them split apart and normally after the gas stop is when i start going for it and and sprinting away or or going with someone or trying to get away from the pack well it seemed to work this year (laughs) yeah i tried yeah
2: yeah, i've I've always i've always been interested in how how you guys plan those because it seems like most of the people are pretty respectful and get out of the way, but like that that f- aspect of that you guys are going that fast and then you could come around so, around to somebody that's not as experienced and just in the way. It's 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 a whole other factor that you guys have to think about.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then you you get times. I mean, I think it was the last race. I was I was, I led. I led all day, basically, other than about two miles, but the kid who was in second was Gus Riordan, who was second to me in the championship, but we got the fuel, we got the gas stop, and I was like, all right, I'm going for it, I'm going to see if I can break him, and I sprinted away, and I pulled 15 seconds or so, and came around, and there was lap riders down, and I had to, like, make a new line, and, like, I lost it all, and looked back, and he was right on my wheel, so Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And then, you know, he followed me right until the finish and I, I couldn't break him. Yeah, it does
1: seem to me like lappers. I mean, I was a lapper constantly at these races, <laughs> they, but it does seem like guys are pretty good about getting out of the way. You give them a little rev and they move over generally. Uh, the wild boar one was a lot harder. It was so much tighter. It was hard to get out of the way. I remember that. But Iron Man, there's so much room. Guys were good about moving
0: yeah definitely you know most people are good. um you get those mud races with those big mud holes, and it's kind of harder, but generally they're good and they can hear you coming, you know, especially if you're in a group of people, they can hear you coming, but yeah, at last and then you get to the last the last laps always a suffer you know it's all <laughs> coming down to how mentally strong you want to be and that was one of my biggest things. You know, I could be the fastest guy for two hours, but that last hour is all, well, how much do you want to suffer and how much do you really want to mm. want to do this? And yeah, it's, it's definitely a yeah, definitely long day sometimes. You don't want to do it, but it's that's your job and you got to suffer it out.
2: Yeah, so when you are leading an XC2 race, you know, the fact that you guys do have the overall championship that we talked about, are you... Are you trying to pace the guy behind you? Like, is that where the pit board and stuff is telling you? Or are you like, man, let me just catch as many XC1 guys as I can?
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of races this year where I would be. So we start a minute behind XC1. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a few races I would catch right up into the middle pack of XC1 guys. And on adjusted time, I would be leading the overall but it ne- no one's ever won an overall from XE2. It's never, ever been done. And, I mean, we can hang with those XE1 guys for most race, but there's just there's something in it. I don't know what it is. I don't think anyone's figured it out yet, but they always seem to pull away at the end of the race. So normally, I mean, the goal is obviously to win XE2, and it's all, always cool to be in the overall, you know, up there with those guys but my goal was always the xc2 win
1: yeah something that else going back to testing and training that you guys do is you race other series sometimes like the u.s sprint enduro series that's a big one and i'm sure that helps you stay in shape and uh how did you finish in that series this year i feel like you had some good rides but i couldn't find all the results
0: yeah so this year i did the i actually did the national enduro series okay the NETG, which i want um I've already won the Pro 2 Championship in that, which we have one more round this weekend. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So uh, no, those are good. Those are a one-day format. Um, those are really good for re- being able to read trail quick because we do six tests a day, and the difference between National Enduro and Sprint Enduro is the sprints you're allowed to bike the track, and it's only two tests. And you can bike the track the day before as many times as you want. Where National Enduro is one day format, six tests, a new test every time. And you're not allowed to look at it.
1: Oh, wow. That's a big difference. That's interesting. Yeah,
0: And you're going off a of rows. So like, say it was me and you racing. Like it goes off previous round results. But like I would start on row one. You would start on row two a minute behind me and so forth and so forth. So you're racing the clock but you're you are racing other people but you're not you're by yourself
1: yeah it's based yeah Scotty and I actually did a local enduro here in Texas that it's kind of the same idea i think I had four tests Scotty Scotty I one uh, I, did, I got Scotty one. loaded my my bike up he <laughs> barred my bike and i came back from test 2 and my bike was well, in the back of my truck and he was gone but yeah yeah i
2: had i hadn't <laughs> rode in in like 9 <laughs> months and i went out there to try to do one of those cuz just cuz it was a chance to ride yeah it did not go well yeah
0: <laughs> No, he didn't know they're they're good for that kind of stuff, like being out of retail well and Mm -hmm. and learn that stuff. But um I'm actually going back to the sprint series next year.
1: Okay. Just a couple more things for you before we let you go. Um I want to talk about your teammate, Rachel Archer. She's coming up next, and I kinda am curious why the women do the two hour morning race and what you I want to get her thoughts on it, but as good as she is. And I know there's a lot more diversity in that class from the top level to the bottom, but I feel almost like she should be racing the three hour pro what, you know, the afternoon race.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I know when we had out GNCC meeting at the end of last year, they talked about that and the girls were all about it, but it takes a lot away from this pro woman's class where, half of them want to race two hours and half of them want to race three hours. And the fact was if they were to race with us and they talked about racing with us and cutting them out at two hours. But the thing with doing that is they would lose all their TV time because they would just finish the race and go off while we're still racing for another hour. So I think they do them at the 10 o'clock race. So it's like, this is the woman's pro race and they get all not that they're live on TV, but they get, a lot of um, coverage just for themselves is what I think it is, really.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I'm
0: not 100% sure there may be more to it, but I think that's got a lot to do with it.
1: I'm definitely going to ask what she thinks about it. Again, like I know I know the, the level of – like her level compared to who finished last, the women's, is probably a lot more drastic than in the XC2 or XC1 classes. But, yeah. Dude, she, she passed me so fast, Liam. Like lap three <laughs> – yeah. I knew she had to be coming and I only got three laps in, in my two hours. Don't make fun of me, but <laughs> I, I kept looking back. It's like, she's got to be coming anytime any time now. And there was a section that was, I could see pretty far back and she wasn't there. And I turned to look ahead and I would say within, it felt like half a second, she was there. It's was like, well, where the hell did she even come from? <laughs> yeah. And, and she was gone before I could even almost register that she went by. It's, it's pretty embarrassing um
0: No, she's she's pretty badass, and and that's the thing. Like you, the top five of those girls would probably be perfectly fine being in the three-hour race with us. But if you're trying to um gain more women's riders into the series, throwing them into a three-hour race with us and us slapping them would probably turn them away yeah. rather than them being in an amateur race by themselves. Kind of deal is more appealing, I believe.
2: Okay. How do you, how do you think she would do in like a in like the the two stroke that like the XC was Why, th- I was going
1: to say what how would she do
2: in the XC2? XC2? Like, has yeah. a
1: woman ever raced XC2?
0: I don't know that they've ever raced an XC2, but um I don't know where she would where she I I couldn't tell you where she would stack up. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say she wouldn't be in the top 10, I wouldn't think.
5: Um, yeah, I didn't look, class.
1: I didn't look at the lap times. I meant to do that to come, kind of see where. And of course, you still add another hour, and, and that may, would make a difference. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have to. At my uneducated viewpoint is she'd be pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, uh, and uh, she would be definitely yeah. for sure. And she's she would be one of them that could probably suffer it out for mm-hmm. three hours. Yeah, she seems like fine.
1: Um okay, two more questions. I actually just added one in my head. I got the random question that I texted you, but this one, what do we got to do with our boy Zacco? He has had the worst year and I feel so bad for him. I love that guy and it just nothing has went his way.
0: I know, I feel super bad for for him too. It was uh he's a nut like he's he's helped me a lot too, you know. I was this time I've never been in a championship position like this before and I sat all summer with the points lead leading the points by two points. And we come back off the break and um the guy who was second in the championship, Rui Barbosa, um, snapped his Achilles, same thing Eli did. Mm, so he true. was out. So then my lead went from two to thirteen and I was still stressing and uh <laughs> we get to the first race back out the summer and the kid's second and he uh beat me. So I'm down to I think I went down to I wanna say twelve. And I think he could tell like we talk a little bit, and I think he could tell how I was like talking about things. I was stressed out. Well, he texts me. He goes, "Try be in a position where you got one race, one point, like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line." I think he's talking <laughs> about Vegas Supercross. Sure. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong," and you know, things like that. He helped me a lot. Was getting through this and the preseason grinding it out with him the guy loves to suffer and um i hated to see it for him get injured at the start of the season and yeah just i don't know it's it's tough you know X 2 X E one is no joke you know those we're all going fast and um it takes a lot to adapt you know we've been riding these tracks the tracks stay the same every year they just flip the arrows from one side of the tree to the other really so we have a pretty good idea on where we're going and the lay of the land and just everything like that. So it's it's a lot for him and uh, yeah, I hate it hate it for him. He's a great dude and uh, hopefully next year it comes comes easier.
1: Yeah, I hope he comes back. I know he has another year on his deal um, and I I think he wants to keep racing. So I hope he does because I definitely wa- I I believe in him as a person and I just yeah I want to see him be successful. Let's close this out with this off moto topic question that I sent you. Uh, If you could have a conversation with any two people live or dead, who would they be and why?
0: Uh, The one person is, is actually uh, passed away would be my uh, dad's dad. So my granddad Um, it's, he was always into, into racing and um, always chased it around with me and, um he died when i was i want to say 17 or so so he never really seen i've been in america since i was 21 so it'd be interesting to see what he thought of it now and see how far i've come now i like that and then uh i always looked up to uh to james stewart when i was a kid so uh i've never actually seen or met james i've met a lot of the other ones but uh yeah
1: that's good. Those are good answers. I didn't expect, uh, I, I kind of had a feeling you might go with like a family member. So I don't know why, but I felt that. And then, yeah, the James Stewart one, that, I, I wouldn't have expected that, Scotty. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's evaded a lot of people over the years. So <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah.
1: I've talked to him briefly twice, but like I, I guarantee he wouldn't remember who the hell yeah. I was. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's just, he's just cool. Like he always did something wild. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like to do a bunch of podcasts, the pulp and, and everything else just because I have so much drive time and and everyone talks you know i think hayden's the next kind of kid coming to do crazy stuff i mean i looked at iron man this weekend at the jump he was doing yeah like, did you go you, you went and looked what, at it, it was what was even going through your head to think of that dude i don't know you know
1: what's I've,
2: crazy is he was sick during that yeah. weekend too
0: Yeah, yeah like that's just ridiculous and and I think James was the same way. Like the Daytona wall, he was jumping <laughs> in, stupid <laughs> yeah. shit like that. Just, they see things differently, but I kind of almost
1: feel that way with you guys. When I go out there and ride in the woods and I see how fast you go through them, I'm like that's death defying. Like that's almost insane how fast you go through some of the sections. And so, yeah,
0: that's what Justin, uh, Starling <laughs> was saying. I've, I met him once. He probably didn't remember about this year at, um, uh, Jack Chambers place. He was riding SX and we were riding the turn track and, um. Yeah, it was funny to see him come from Supercross and race that, and I was watching him ride Supercross, I was, like skimming the whoops, and I'm like, there ain't no freaking way I'm doing that. And exactly. Now like, I don't know how you guys go through those trees so <laughs> fast. <things happen." laughs> yeah. It's like one thing second nature to me, and one second nature to him. Yeah, it's all
1: perspective and what you're comfortable with, I guess.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Well, Liam, man, thank you for so much of your time tonight. Congratulations on a fantastic year. And I, and thank you from me for your uh, just spending some time talking to me and kind of hanging out. It was a lot of fun being with that team this weekend for the second time this year. And, yeah, uh, congratulations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Anytime. Thank okay. you.
1: Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Um, bye.
1: All right. That's Liam Draper. He's brought to you by FXR tonight. We're going to roll into Rachel Archer here in just a minute. Yep. If uh, you were given an opportunity to go do one of those GNCCs, would you
2: would you do it? Do you think? Oh yeah, hopefully I'm uh, not as fat and out of shape as I am right now because I haven't been riding. But uh, yeah, I I would I would do one. I would go. I would like to go hang out at one too because those guys yeah. those guys are fun. I've I've uh, have had some buddies growing up that that did that, and uh, his dad was like you know like expert level, and uh, he he was he was good. And I I used to I rode with him a couple of times, and those. The Woods guys are freaks, man. No, it's, 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 nuts. it's
1: nuts. It's nuts. And our next guest is insanely talented. We're going to get her on in just a second. Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seat covers and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Also new for 2023 are the options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Talari and Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron. And they have options for the Honda, KTM, Husqvarna electric bikes. So visit GutsRacing.com. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us the 2023 and the 2022 GNCC WXC champion, Rachel Archer. What's up, Rachel?
6: Hey, how's it
1: going? It's going good. Glad to have you on. We just got off the phone with your teammate, Liam. Double championships this year for Ampro. Yep. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the this, this second one, like last year, I remember I was at Ironman last year, and that was a very, very t- uh, tight points battle. That you wrapped up, I think, in that final round. This one you wrapped up uh, a week early. Nine wins, I believe. Seven pony podiums, never off the podium. Uh, yeah, you're you're something special, Rachel. You're you're very very talented.
6: <laughs> I don't know about that. I've always worked hard. That's for sure. So, um,
1: oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Liam, you grew up in New Zealand, and if, first of all, you have to understand that my co-host Scotty and I are not super knowledgeable about off road riding. So. If we sound like idiots, we or apologize. New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. But what was the scene like? How did you get involved with racing living in New Zealand?
6: Um, well my dad, Kevin Archer, he's he uh raced professionally back home in New Zealand when I was well, before I was born, um he was racing Hondas and he was always national champ and or runner up for quite a few years and then got together with my mom and they had me and then um he was on Suzukis racing for them up until I was about 4 I think and then he took a break from racing and got me a bike when I was 3 and uh we had a well we we have a 2000 acre cattle farm so I was always ripping around there and shifting cattle and stuff <laughs> around the farm so always riding up and down hills and just having fun, and then I decided I wanted to start racing when I was ten. So he started getting back into it, and by the time I was thirteen, I had a few national championships and had dreams to move to the states and start racing GNCC. So that's what I focused on, like my whole high school career, basically. Yeah, and then we moved there when I was seventeen.
1: We asked Liam that same thing, so I it is possible to earn a living racing in New Zealand, but it does seem like coming to America is the end goal for the, for the most, for the the best of the best.
6: Yeah. It's, um, well, you can't make a living as a woman racing. That's uh, for sure. Okay. But yeah, you definitely have to go abroad. It, even like all the pros back home, they all have full-time jobs and just race on the weekends.
1: what, how difficult was it to make the move you said seventeen you made the move to the u s
6: yeah, I was seventeen. It was uh twenty nineteen was the year
1: so you're seventeen years old like do you come with does your mom come with you? do you come over here and you're just you got to figure it out on your as an adult uh, a young adult basically <laughs> how do you how does that work
6: um, so I actually had to have a form signed by my parents to allow me to even sign up to race GNCC because I didn't have like a legal guardian to sign for me or anything. So I had a dispensation card and everyone at GNCC knew who I was obviously. But, um, even the first time I came over here when I was 16 or I was actually 15 with my parents. Um, I actually had to get a letter from AMA and a dispensation because I wasn't even old enough to race in the pro class. <laughs> so the first time I raced in WXE, I was 15 and I got fourth place at Florida.
1: Wow. Oh, that, that wild boar. Yeah. I hate that place.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's brutal.
1: Yeah. That's the other one I did with you guys. And I, I don't know if you remember, but I, I almost, I felt like I almost died. Like literally I thought I was going to die when I was out there. Cause I was so dehydrated. And then I just, fell on the floor when we got back to the rig and wanted to die. I hated that one. Um, Yeah, so, but when you come over, do do you already have a deal lined up with, like, somebody to ride for, places to stay? You have to have some kind of plan, I assume.
6: So, um, I grew up racing when Paul Wibley was like, big time, and when he was younger, he used to battle with my dad back home, so I always knew Paul and he was a big fan of my dad, so once I got a bit older, Dad would send me down there to stay with Paul and I would train with him and even Liam would come down as well. And um, so he got me contacts with Randy um, at Ampro and it all basically fell in place from there and Randy offered me like an amateur ride in 2019. So that's when I moved over here and um, they tested me out basically. Yeah. I got fourth that year in the championship and then kept getting better every year. And by 2020, I was, um, battling with Becca for the championship when I was 18. And then three years later, we have two championships.
1: That's pretty, pretty impressive. Scotty, I, I was telling my co-host earlier, I was kind of describing my day and like, I, you probably don't remember passing me in the, on the no. third lap, be your fourth lap. <laughs> But Rachel, I, I going into my third lap, I knew you had to be coming at some point. And I just kept looking back and I kept looking back and like nothing. Right. And there was some section that was pretty decent, a little straight away where I could see behind me and I kept looking and there was nothing. I turned forward and then you went blowing by like, I don't even know where the hell you came from. It was so fast. It was really embarrassing. Not, I mean, like, I don't expect to be good, but God, you're fast. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. So I came off the track, Scotty. She's celebrating. Yeah. Right? Because she, you know, she had already wrapped up the championship, but she's celebrating her win. I came off and I was just like, thank you for being so fast because I didn't have to do an extra lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Scotty. Uh,
2: well, so, you know, that that's kind of a, one thing I wanted to ask you about is is do, when you start lapping people, it, is, do you, have you ever had an experience with, with the, where once the guy realizes that, oh, it's the WXC girl, do they. Do they do they treat it any different? Do they still get out of your way respectfully, or do they like, oh well, no, I'm not gonna let this this chick pass me? You know, is it anything like that?
6: Oh uh, yeah, all the time. It depends <laughs> who it is. Like, you'll get guys that don't even realize it's a girl, like uh, twenty twenty I think it was in Florida. We had a four way battle going. It was me, Taylor Jones, Mackenzie Tricker, and Becca Becca sheets and um we were in our final lap and I was in third and I had to pit. So I pulled into pit and dropped back to fourth. I'm trying to catch the top three girls and, um, a lapper, like I'm going down a straightaway and, in like fourth gear wide open. This guy just like appears out of the bushes halfway down the straightaway. And I had nowhere to go. I T-boned him and his bike was underneath mine. And I went to get my bike up and, I'm trying to get going and next thing I feel someone grab the scruff of my neck and he starts punching me in the helmet. Oh, wow. What the hell? Like I didn't even really register what was happening. Um, And then another lap rider stopped and like pulled him off me before he could punch me again. But that was pretty crazy. That guy ended up getting banned from GNCC, but I guess he didn't even know that I was a chick or that's still, sure, that still blows me away because
1: crazy. everybody seems, I was telling guy like everybody that I've encountered in these off road races seems so nice and friendly. And like people got out of my way, and I, I absolutely got out of everybody's way that was faster than me. Just, it just, that blows me away. I wouldn't have expected that. But I guess when you have almost 3,000 <laughs> entries, it's going to be one a hole. One, one
2: turd in the punch bowl, yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> but yeah, you get like in the weekend, I had a few people try and race me. And they like hear you come up beside them, and then they look over and realize who you are, and they back off,
1: <laughs> yeah, when you pass <laughs> when you passed me on that your fourth lap, your final I lap remember. there there was somebody right on your tail though, was uh, that another girl, or do you was that somebody in a different class, or do you even know
6: um was it a husky
1: yes, yes, it was that
6: was Andrew delong, <laughs> okay so,
1: that's Craig Craig's DeLom's brother, right, yeah,
6: brother. yeah, we had a battle going. I passed him going up the hill climb, and then he passed me back. We probably went back and forth maybe six times, but, yeah, it was real good fun battling with him.
1: Yeah, because, like I said, when you blew by, another one was right behind you. I was like, Jesus
6: Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, and that's – you You don't – like, at least for me, I don't want to get any of these guys away. Even the guys in my class that were clearly so much faster, I'm like, yeah, go ahead and go, man. I just want to finish. <laughs> so – um.
2: <laughs> well i was going oh, to, right. I was yeah. going to ask kind of off of that too, so you know you you came from the off road scene in New Zealand and then here you know like there's guys like that that we just had the story about, and then you know that's the g n c c crew is they're uh we'll just say on for since we're on uh, broadcast. that <laughs> so we'll just say a loose program is how we'll define it. There are some so, loose programs out there for sure. My question is: is how what is Stu Bate, the Stu Baylor's pretty loose program? Yeah. Well, we'll oh, get. Fruit
4: fruit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: uh, is there going to be is is there any kind of comparison to the how the vibe is in New Zealand compared to here? Is mm. all kind of one the same, or is you know, uh, is it different? <laughs> how what how would you describe it?
6: Um. Well, if you call gntc a loose program in America, I'd hate for you to see what it looks like in NZ because people show up with dirty bikes and like easy ups and everything's on the back of a pickup truck.
1: <laughs> They're just making it happen, huh?
6: And uh, everyone knows who my mom is because she feeds everyone.
1: <laughs> oh, your mom?
6: used to come into our easy up tent and steal all the pie and cake and everything that mom would make. <laughs>
1: Uh, I wish we had you on before, before him. Not going to ask him about that. That's great. Uh, To to stick with the topic of you being, you know, women's rider. I asked Liam this thought. I find it kind of interesting that you race in the morning with us in the two hour race when I feel like clearly your ability should be in the, the afternoon three hour race. But he kind of describes, you know, some of the girls in your class are a much different level and there's different thoughts on it, but how do you feel? Would you rather race in the afternoon and do three hours and pass that question? Would you ever consider racing XC two? And
2: has there been a woman that's done that? She's done it. You did something, (laughs) didn't you? I saw on your Instagram.
6: Um, I raced a local race in the pro class, but I, uh, split my foot open. That was like five weeks ago. Oh. So I didn't actually finish, but my opinion on the GNCC thing, honestly, I think they would be better off to cut the three hours to two hours and stick us in with all the pros. Um, They would get better media coverage and, like, no one really wants to watch a three-hour race.
1: I can't argue so that.
6: they would probably have more viewers and mm-hmm. just, it would... Um, be able to divide the morning race a little better, like how they do it at Ironman works really well, but I still think the woman should be in with all the pros, um, just cause you get the same fan base and everything.
1: Yep. Do you feel, but, has there, has there ever been a woman that raced XE2 like competitively and for the whole season?
6: No, um, Taylor Jones raced XE3 in 2019 I think it was or 2018 Um, and I talked about doing that this year but it, it never went through but yeah XE2 I think I would probably be more towards the back of the pack in XE2 I don't think I would be as far up as some people think but it would definitely be a cool experience.
2: Do you, uh, do you have any kind of, you know, motocross experience or any aspirations? I know that there's been rumors of the, of them bringing the motocross women's championship back. Would you have any interest in doing a couple of those? How do you feel about, uh, closed circuit racing?
6: Yeah. Um, I actually have plans to go to Loretta's next year. Um, obviously i'm definitely not as good at moto as i am at woods racing but i'm always looking for things to work on and that's been a big push for me this year is working on my sprint speed and um air time and all that stuff so yeah definitely doing more moto has helped me a lot this year for sure yes
2: oh i I think i just think it's easier for I think it'd be easier for cross country people to go to Moto than Moto people to go to cross
6: country. We saw Caleb Russell do it. Yeah, he ripped. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. Just the like reading lines and stuff when you switch over to Woods is a massive change from Moto. Like the lines are so different. Um, It's like something you kind of grow up learning. Mm-hmm. um like i've raced woods my whole life so always being around dad and riding with dad and better riders all the time like you just learn how to read trail but moto guys switching over to woods that's always like one of their biggest hurdles yeah
1: yeah i can see that and for you you're in shape anybody that can do a 2 hour race and you're standing so much like you said kind of reading the trails and Maybe they don't know how to ride whoops, but they definitely there's some whoops like choppy stuff on these tracks, mm-hmm. Scotty. And sure. they, she has that. I think she definitely would have the skill set to be pretty good at it. And speaking of training, I, I was kind of going through your Instagram. It looks like you uh, train at JY Training. Can you talk about that place? And it, it looks pretty cool.
6: Yeah, I've I've trained with Joel Jenkins for two seasons now. So, um, I've had my fair share of trainers, and me and him make a good team. And We've earned two champion, well, three championships now. But um, I actually do all my stuff through him online. Mm. So I never, he's in Ohio and I'm in South Carolina. So yeah. everything's online. I just check everything off on the app. We use a true coach app and we text back and forth, FaceTime, all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a person that, has to be told to get my training done. I know some people need to be held accountable, but I'm pretty uh, self-aware of all that stuff. So I don't really need too much of a nudge when it comes to that, but he's really good for me and we have a really good program.
1: Okay. As far as on the bike stuff, how much do you ride... Week during the week between events. I, I know the the GNCC series is spread out, and you mentioned three championships because you also won the two thousand twenty three Women's Pro US Sprint Enduro Championship. Those races are usually kind of in between GNCCs, but in in between during the week, do you ride two days a week or does it vary?
6: It varies. Um, just depends. Like if I'm on the road traveling, I try and this year I've tried to um get to the area where the race is going to be earlier in the week and do a bit of riding um that's a big thing that Stu has done this year so I've tried to follow along and tag along wherever he's riding so that definitely helps with like tire and suspension setup um but in the during the season I like to ride like 2 or 3 times a week nothing crazy because it's easier to overdo it, especially when you have a two hour race on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and all the driving and stuff we do, it's pretty hectic, but in the off season, I like to ride four to five days a week and then like four or five gym workouts and mountain biking and cycling and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. It's funny. You just said that. I didn't think about that, Scotty. So she's a two time champion, three times. If you count us sprint enduro, mm-hmm. Liam, you know, just won a championship, but yeah, they're driving to those races where in supercross motocross that we cover, those guys are flying in. She's having to drive across the country weekend and week, yeah. In, week So yeah, I didn't even think about that adds, you know, downtime. and takes away from training and hell, just being in a car for that long kind of wears you out. So it's a whole different yeah kind of process. I didn't, and we were talking to, I asked Liam about this, and I've talked to like Rick Ricky mm-hmm. in the past and uh, Craig Long and, yeah, It's it's really unfortunate with the turnout, the number of people that come to these events and how popular popular they are with the off-road community, that the coverage for your sport and the money is not anywhere near where I feel like it should be for what you guys are doing.
6: Yeah, I feel like it's definitely getting better, but GNCC is kind of stuck in a spiral. They just keep doing the same thing mm. year in, year out, and... I'm going to be honest. I don't think they support their pros the way they should. Like I still pay a gate fee every weekend to get in, even though I'm one of the people putting on the show. Um, just so you know just that happens. Like that. Just so
1: you know that happens in Supercross and Motocross too. They they have each rider. Eli Tomac pays an entry fee. I mean Kawasaki pays or Yamaha pays it for him. But there is an entry fee and it is ridiculous. Yeah, you are you are the show.
6: Well, I pay an entry fee as well. Oh, the, just the gate fee to get in to GNCC.
1: Oh my God, yeah, that's that's yeah. You shouldn't be paying either one of those. I I <laughs> agree. You shouldn't be paying either one of those. But yeah, yeah. I definitely think you. I think you as athletes in off-road deserve more coverage and more respect than what maybe we give you sometimes in the media. And, yeah, I definitely, I'm going to start having more off-road guys on the show and off-road riders because I'm I'm very impressed with it. And I'm kind of falling in love with – I can't wait to do another one. Uh, Your team owner, team manager, Randy Hawkins, like, said, hey, anytime you want to do one, we'll have a bike for you. And I definitely want to hit a few more next year. Uh, No. Not snowshoe. Not that one. What what big race buck. would you suggest that I come do that's not too brutal? I like the flowy stuff. Like Iron Man was cool.
6: Yeah, Big Buck's always yep. good. If the weather's good, it's like a clay-based track, so it gets pretty rutted up. It's probably good for the moto guys. Um, buckwheat's a really fun one. Um, it has a bit of everything, like grass track and uh, fast, flowy woods, and then it's got a few little technical sections. Um, that's always fun and, um, camp coca. It's more of like a sand based dirt track. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty rough, but it's still pretty fast and flowy and there's nothing too difficult.
1: I'm definitely going to pick one of those next year and try to come to, I just got to get, I got to get vital to pay for it. But yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to do one for sure. Uh, a couple more questions before we let you go. Are there any other events that you would ever like to do, like would you want to do a like a desert race like a works race or an Erzberg or anything like that? anything that kind of like is a bucket list
6: yeah, uh growing up, my dad went to Romaniacs like every year from the time I was ten till now actually he went this year um so I'd love to have a go at that just just for fun um no expectation or anything and then I've always wanted to have a go at like Dakar or some desert racing I did uh the Hadar desert race in Aussie in 2018 and I got second to Megan Rutledge in the women's class and then I carried on to do the full four hours and ended up like 62nd I think and overall out of like 400 riders so that was pretty cool I'd love to do that one again as well
1: the the romaniacs one that's what's called right romaniacs right
6: yeah yeah yep.
1: that looks disgusting i've seen footage <laughs> of that the fact that you even want to do that you're, you're mental
6: yeah i don't know it's like addictive
1: <laughs> i I can see that once you kind of once you're good at it i guess it's kind of like oh that's so challenging like to me it's still a little scary uh, some of that, even like Iron Man Hill. I was telling Scotty, Rachel, I didn't go up that hill one time this weekend. <laughs> I, I tried the first oh, lap. What? Dude, I tried the oh, first lap. Yeah, it it's to fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready for the being made fun of, Scotty. It's fine. The first lap, I was behind two guys. The guy at the top didn't make it. The guy behind him hit him and fell. And then I had to stop and turn around. I was like, screw it. I'm going around. And every <laughs> lap I came to it, there was just pileups everywhere. And I was like, the hell with it. I'm just going around. Look, Rachel, I didn't finish last year. I crashed. And because of what I do, I got made fun of big time. Everybody was calling me Quit Side because I quit because <laughs> my nickname is Dark Side. But anyway, so I was like, you're like, all I cared about was finishing. Now that I'm home, I really regret not going up that hill, which I did it last year. But I am a little bit scared of it, if I'm being honest. it's It's gnarly. Yeah,
6: it does look intimidating, but it's honestly way easier than it looks.
1: If there's nobody else on the hill, then yeah, it's fine. But when there's guys like right right up your ass trying to get go behind you and there's guys in front of you it's it was nerve-wracking to me
6: yeah it it, it is always easier when you have someone pointing you
1: line oh well speaking of that there were people pointing the lines i was like yes to hell with you i'm still going around last year some guy was pointing he was like go right there that's a good spot but if you remember last year was super dusty
6: yeah
1: and there was oh, a I know. yeah and there was a glare and i was like i can't even see where the hell you're pointing i'm not going there i don't know what's there so, yeah. anyway, you can make fun of me. That's they fine. Just,
2: they should just use their beer to, to water the, oh, they, to water the yeah, course. Oh, they got plenty of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, let's close this thing out with the non-moto question I texted you. Just if you could pick two people, alive or dead, to have uh, a conversation with, who would they be and why?
6: Um, Steve Irwin Okay, all right. Joe Rogan.
1: Oh, I like the Rogan one. Okay. Why Steve Irwin?
6: Um, He's just like so fascinating like the way he lived his life was like really unique and I don't know he just like thrived off adrenaline rush and like the way he died was sad but it was like really fitting and I just love to like pick his brain
1: all right what would you ask Rogan
6: um I don't really know what I would ask him honestly I just would like to have a conversation with him (laughs) he's like so knowledgeable and just knows a lot about everything and i don't know have you ever listened to his comedy
1: like his he's got a couple comedy albums
6: yeah yeah i listen to him weekly he's great on long car rides
1: yeah he cracks me up so the 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 there's one about scotty where like how did the pyramids get made And he's like i think This is we've all done this before. Like there was a civilization you'd have to get into it, but the whole. I've seen some of it. It's it just I love Joe's one of my favorite comedians. So yeah, that's a good. Those are good picks, Rachel. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your time, (laughs) Rachel Archer tonight. Brought to you by Guts Racing. Congratulations on your third championship, two GNCCs back to back. It's really really badass and just a lot of fun getting to watch you ride this weekend. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this, and yeah, I'm sure I'll see you at a GNCC next year.
6: All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
1: That's Rachel Archer, two time WXC champion. She's a badass.
2: Yeah, yeah. She seemed pretty she's, the the New Zealand vibe's cool, man. They're just down to earth, yeah. chill, and she's like, Yeah, and she's just kind of going about her thing. It's cool. Dude, yeah, she's super cool. Um i I got
1: the vibe like during the weekend. She was I don't know if it was just shy or just like when I would try to talk to her and try I was trying to line up an interview there and she was like, Sure, you know, no problem, but it kinda of felt like she wasn't. Super yeah, she just comfortable. didn't want anything to do with you. Yeah, that might be it. She yeah. maybe she's creeped
2: out. That could very well be the case. Creep, creep side. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, man. Uh, I know. Isn't that crazy? Like that that uh you have to get somebody will talk to you like that in that just well? Nuts?
1: I was gonna say, I'm just glad that she came on because I didn't feel like she was super comfortable doing it, but
2: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It was kinda hard to tell if if she was if she just if she was uh what do they call it, D DGAF, or she just was kind of nervous at the same time? Yeah, I don't, but I don't, I don't dude, know which just one it was.
1: Two amazing off road riders on the show so far tonight. We've got another one on the line. He's going to be brought to you tonight by WUSA, which is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. So visit WUSA, and you can use promo code Moto Show to save. Tonight, WSA brings us the infamous, the legendary Stu Baylor. What's up, Stu?
7: Not too much. Just uh, <laughs> just still trying to get all the chaos from the season organized.
1: Well, I, okay. I, I feel like there's a lot of chaos around you because of your personality. I saw you Friday night up on stage with the band, and your fans are nuts. I, I feel like there's a lot of chaos. Besides, just away from the racing, there's a lot of chaos around you.
7: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, uh, I, I march to the beat of my own drum for sure. And, you know, I do things differently and, um, you know, it's, it's, it just, it suits my style and I've been on both ends of it. I rode for factory KTM and man, I, I found that I have to enjoy racing and that's what keeps me in the parking lot, but you know, that and and running a team and a training facility and, uh clothing brand a hair salon with my wife and oh, wow. there where we stay we stay pretty busy it's uh it's never ending
1: yeah i knew about the the team ownership and the training facility i did not know about the hair salon or the clothing brand so i'm gonna ask yeah, you yeah no
7: that. i i'm i trim hair on mondays
1: are, are we being no, serious or are you joking no okay no, you don't want to. <laughs> Cause i don't know how i feel about you cutting my hair yeah, you
7: don't. Want, obviously, I haven't even cut my own hair in quite a while. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I figure like, yeah, if somebody comes and sits in your chair, and you're like, hey, dude, I don't know what you're gonna get. You get what you get.
7: Yeah, <laughs> I, I could probably do a mean mullet. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That, I think I could specialize there.
1: Listen, second overall in the series in XC one, a really great season. Second at Ironman, two wins, seven podiums, I believe. Um, yeah, a really great season. You were 11 down, or maybe I think in the end you were 11 down. I don't remember what it was going into Ironman.
7: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, 23 going an Ironman, but just bad luck. You know, we had some uh, had our fair share of, of a rough road this year, and uh, things that just don't happen happen. So part of it. So you talked about
1: doing things your own way, and you 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 have your own team. Uh, it, it's Team uh, Tele Energy Racing, correct? That's your team.
7: Yep. Uh, Rocky mountain, Rocky mountain, Heli KTM. Okay. Yep. How does
1: that, how do you, uh, how does that work in off-road? Is that I, all your money, Rocky mountain obviously puts in some money and then you just kind of pick the riders you want.
7: Yeah. So we, uh, and, and next year it's going to be a whole lot different, a whole lot bigger. This year was kind of, uh, thrown together a little bit late. Um, basically I was, I was still negotiating rides when I honestly said, screw this, like, I've had enough going back and forth. Like uh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on my own terms. And it's something that I had talked about for a long time and um, Todd Ely. So the T Ely in the, in the name um, we had a long discussion and it kind of gave me the, the out where he was like, Hey, let's, let's just do this thing. So um, yeah, we, we pulled all the, all the companies I pulled all, every contact that I've made since I was, six years old and on two wheels or uh, three years old and on two wheels. I, I swear I called every one of them. So, um, yeah, I, I put together the program and started kind of shopping riders, but it was, it was late. Um, didn't really get to get all the riders that we wanted. And, uh, next year, I, I'm definitely going to add to that roster. And, um, you know, to me, like, I just felt like I was in a position, uh, where as a rider, I was very devalued and, it's kind of like it's really like 90s motocross and supercross and it it took that one guy like like honestly that's off-road today like like if you took a 90s motocross fan to current motocross they would be like screw this we got a bunch of retards in the parking lot like overpaid (laughs) like but they would go to a GNCC and they would feel like they could relate and, you know, the same thing happened in, in professional bull riding. Um, it, it's happened almost all, all forms of professional sports, the UFC, um, as far as I, I say in all forms of professional sports, sports where you are the man, where there's one person, it's you and you are solely you were you determining what you're doing. Um, and there's always that one that says, I've had enough of listening to the way they want to do it. I'm going to change it. And that was kind of like, I've been saying it for a while. Like I'm going to change something here. People are going to remember my name for more than just racing. And, and starting this team was, was a lot to do with that. Like, um, I mean, to me, I am a racer. So what I'll do is what I do will be for the racers.
1: Dude. I love that. And yeah, you kind of talked about in the past that you have had factory rides and wanting to do it your way. And and I would assume a factory KTM (laughs) in the past and they probably didn't like the, the quote-unquote the image of stew right the the drink you're, you're up on the stage friday night drinking and singing with the band and you flip the bike or or any of those things they probably were trying to kind of hold you back with that the personality back and i assume you're just not the type of guy to let that happen it's not not who you are
7: yeah definitely i mean it, it's been said to me <laughs> i've heard the same line maybe paraphrased a little bit differently from time to time but um I've heard I've heard the same line multiple times. You are the guy that we want to have because you're what sell blacks. You're the relatable one, but we can't have you. Not oh, like that. Wow. Like we we're gonna have to we're gonna have to change. If you want to do this, we're gonna have to change your social appearance. We're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to do that. Um. And I and I've heard that and and I heard that for a long time. And then finally last year, um, I didn't hear that anymore. Like the teams were calling me, they didn't say anything about we want to change your appearance. They. looking at numbers like they've sat in that parking lot they've seen my they've seen my crowd they've seen my fans and at the end of the day you put 10 bikes in front of me and any rider on xc1 and i promise seven will go in front of me and three will go in front of anybody else just plain and simple like that's that's what it's about at the end of the day is sales and Uh you know to to sell things you have to be relatable it's no different than when you go and buy a car and you run into a dickhead that's a salesman you're not going to buy from that guy Um, you know, I, I, I want to find a guy, I want to find a guy with my common interests. And I know the interests in that parking lot are outdoors people. Um, you know, you're, you're in a parking lot where people are choosing to spend their time outside. And if you go through the parking lot, at least at GNC season and most motocross, it it doesn't matter really where you go and and our sport. So many people are so like-minded and they are there because they love it. They want to drink beers with their friends, their best friends, like all of us, usually like your best friends are in that parking lot. And it's weird. Like you may not talk to each other all off season. And then you go back racing and it's like, yep, that's that's my boy. Like that that's the guy that's in your wedding. And all of them, all of them are there for the same reasons. And none of them are wearing button up shirts like these teams are. So to me, it tells me they're missing the market and simple that's that's my that's my two cents i may be wrong but that's no that
2: viewpoint actually tracks for me
7: yeah (laughs) Yeah, just part of it
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so I, i couldn't agree more man i i honestly the the little bit that i have followed GNCC over the years i've always liked that you've been that guy you know it always to me when i look at it from you know from outside perspective i always think that i'm like he's like the one guy that he was. He could very well be the guy holding the beer and grabbing the hook and pulling the guy up. Like he's like the one guy that made it through. And you're you know, like you are the the man of the people. Like you are the people's guy. So to hear you kind of say that is is really is really cool that you acknowledge that. And I I think that you will eventually get to where now that you doing your team and everything. I think you're going to get to that goal that you want wanted to change the sport. And I I think that it's going to grow from it and, and in the long run. I th- I like what you're doing.
7: I really hope it does. I mean, we saw, you know, McGrath did it years and years ago, and and I think it's kind of the same core reasons. And, you know, if you talk to any rider, it doesn't matter motocross, supercross, what it is like you talk to the guys and you hear their their true complaints and they're almost all the same. There's just always one that has a little bit louder voice and may drink too much and speak their opinion. And usually that happens to be me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey man yeah. that's there's
2: nothing wrong with that you know with with the if you know if you take back five years ago when they I don't know how many years it's been since they started doing where they actually cover the whole live broadcast like they used to just always be the little 30 minute the show yeah. yeah so now that they yeah. do the whole thing like that hasn't been that long that they've been doing that and it seems to have gotten a lot better where do you see not only that part of the sport, but, you know, with you having a team, where do you see the sport growing in the next five to ten years?
7: I think there's going to have to be some major changes, like, within the sport. But but the, with the major changes that would need to happen for the sport to grow tremendously, it would change the core of GNCC in the three-hour racing. Like, to me, honestly, like, it's going to have to take more of an outdoor national turn to where you've got, Four, four different races televised over hour slots over a four four and four and a half, five hour show. Um, that's the only way I, I feel like you can kind of keep everybody engaged. But with that said, that takes away the core of what GNCC is. So, you know, I, and it may just be a difference in opinion, but I I, I truly feel to televise it, it Pro 2 and, and Pro 1 are going to have to be separated in different races and Make it to where, and and it's it's there. Like the technology is there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Make it to where you can see the majority of the track. And um, now with with the helmet cameras, you can you can stream the helmet camera live. Yep. Uh, I've talked to guys like I've talked to guys that are into telecommunications, and there are things that they're doing. Um, so they do it at King of Hammers, like. there there are these little pods you can put up all throughout the woods and get perfect signal. Now to put that together, like you're, you're looking at millions of dollars. So will that ever happen? Will I live, or will I be racing to see it? Hell, I don't know, but it would be, it would be cool to see. I mean, I think that's a place the sport can go, but the the opportunities are there. And, and I think that the live show has definitely opened a lot more opportunities for us. Um, but too, like man, the numbers—you you just can't argue with GNCC numbers right now. Like you see, motocross kind of taking a dip. Like COVID, obviously, great year, and then and then Moto kind of started to take a dip. And prior to COVID, Moto was kind of going. The numbers were actually going a little bit backwards, and GNCC is just—you look at like 2000 GNCC versus 2000 Moto. Like I, I—it's—it's it's unbelievable how far GNCC has come, and. To just the sheer amount of numbers, and looking in that parking lot too, like it is obviously. You guys are a, more of a moto based corp where I'm off road, so you know we see things completely different. But you guys, you guys are looking at you want some shine, you want some bling, you want to make sure that bike looks good on on Saturday. Yeah, where where it costs you a couple hundred dollars a week to keep that bike shiny and blingy, where GNCC guy just ripped his header off. Just crushed his frame, took a radiator out, subframe, plastics, and a handlebar. He just spent 1000 bucks to go racing next weekend. He's probably not getting graphics. He's probably not putting FC1 on his stuff, <laughs> but he just spent a whole lot more money. So, you know, when, when I'm looking at the industry as a whole, it's like it, sometimes it's crazy to see, you know, from a rider's standpoint, like how much less we make knowing how much more business we provide. But the television is a big piece of that.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We brought that up with Liam and Rachel, who both actually talked very highly of you, by the way. Um, just that the well, fact that they you got her. Well, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Liam, lived, Liam
7: lived with me for two years. Yeah. So he told us he that it was going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, he, he did. He told us that, but yeah, we were just, you know, again, I'm relatively new to the off-road scene and I'm starting to fall in love with it after I've done three. Now the last two iron mans and wild boar. And the fact that you guys don't get the coverage you certainly don't get the pay. And there was, tw- uh, Davey Coombs told me there was 2,800, I think, and 34 unique entries this weekend at Ironman, which Iron Man's one of the bigger ones, obviously. Um, and like 15,000, estimated 15,000 people there, which I honestly thought it was way more than that. It looked unbelievable. Yeah. You guys are def- definitely underappreciated.
7: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's tough. Like, because right now, what's trackable is views. People see numbers; they see views. But the difference in our parking lot, the difference in a pro motocross parking lot, is there are two thousand eight hundred racers in my parking lot, and of those fifteen thousand people, two or three thousand of them are are fans. The rest of them are off road enthusiasts that yep. all have dirt bikes. And in a pro motocross scene, it's like there's seventy guys there to race and everybody's a fan some of them like a lot of people obviously you, to get into racing like you you know somebody that's there to race but like and when i go to a pro national like you talk to a lot of the crowd they're genuinely just fans of the sport which is awesome like I, i'm not knocking that but they're not the ones spending the money the the guys with the bike that and, and i would say obviously in most pro nationals like the fans a lot of them do ride or race but The difference in our parking lot is majority, like 70% of people in my parking lot are there to spend money.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. i met a family. I was literally trying to get some food. What was I trying to... I don't even remember what I was trying to get. Some kind of donuts or something. And the guy behind me had like... It seemed like 12 kids (laughs) and his wife. And... Like I was the the place only took cash, so I had I was two dollars short of cash and the guy's like, Hey, here's a couple bucks and I was like, Oh, thanks. Then his kids just start talking to me, Hey, I just won this class, and his daughter's like, Oh, I I won this class, and his other kids like, Yeah, I got third every kid raced, the dad raced, I think the mom raced. It, yeah, the whole family is part of it. And it's just yeah, it's very different. I agree with you what you say, especially at Supercross. There are people that just go because it's the thing to do that night in town as opposed to nobody's just driving out to Iron Man or Wild Boar just because there's nothing else to do that weekend. They're there because they, for the most part, either they know somebody riding or they are all in.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to aim to the middle of nowhere and drive two hours past the last gas station <laughs> to find a GNCC parking lot unless you really like dirt bikes.
1: No. Yeah.
7: <laughs> no, you've talked
1: a, a few times about your kind of your demographic and the the support from your fans. And I I looked at your Instagram, you have 117,000 followers, which was way, way more than I looked at Rachel's and Liam's. It's like, yeah, you, you are kind of the face of the sport and the sport like GNCC really should look at that and go, Hey, we could utilize this. Like, this is what, this is
7: clearly what the people want. Yeah. um, (laughs) They still post my loop outs. Of course. Yeah. Ban, they banned me from them, but um, they still get really? posted. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's just like in Supercross; they, they, they don't want you to
7: and find.
1: Yeah, they don't want you to take the net, the guy out in Supercross, but they're going to certainly play it at the start of the show.
7: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I really, genuinely think like there's a buddy of mine was talking about a arena cross that that happened a while back, and one of the promoters said, "If you guys are going to fight, do it." On the field, so that everybody sees it. If you do it, if you do it back in the pits, you're getting thrown out of here. Like I've heard I mean, that. That's, yes, yes. That's what we want to see. Like that's that's the. I mean, it, honestly, like it, it, it. It's all joking aside. Like, um, it is a show. Like there is definitely a lot of show to it. Um, and racing is fun, and it's meant to be fun. So that's what I try to do. I ha- I try to have fun with it, but. At the same time, there's, there's, uh, there's a, a bit of business, you know, there's, there's this old, there's this old style of, and it's kind of from the core group of, of people that live through the, I want to say like the late nineties, early two thousands Honda generation where Honda pretty much said no fun, dirt bikes are business only.
1: Oh yeah. And that yeah.
7: just stuck. Like it, it kind of stuck and it to me, like that ruins the way. It ruins the opportunity for the sport to grow. Like it is not meant to be. Yes. Yes. At my level, it is a job a hundred percent, but that parking lot is not meant to be a job for everybody there. You're not supposed to grow up with the mentality of, I can't, I can't say the things that I want to say. If my bike breaks, I have to say what it's told for me to say. Like that's, that's kind of, it just, it just genuinely takes away from, from the sport that we all started because we loved and, um, you know, that's where I, I think when they look at, Hey, can we use this guy as the face of the sport a little bit more? They also look back and think, Hmm, would Honda 1990 approve of this?
1: I, I think you're right. I see your point and it's, yeah, it's kind of a bummer, and especially from that side. Like I see Supercross and the, the business side of it, but man, GNC sees the roots, dude. I, I just don't know. I think they're missing the boat. Um, sorry, Scotty, I interrupted you.
2: Oh, no, you're good. Hey, so with, with the way that this season went in, uh, what was there? Seven, seven different winners, I think? Uh, well, no, there's more. I think eight. there's
1: seven in the first seven rounds. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, eight,
2: eight different winners. So obviously it was kind of, you know, it was very competitive. And I, I think that that's another thing that was good for the sport, especially to see you guys in a tight battle like that. But what I wanted to ask you about was to see what the mental process that you're at when you're battling with those guys, especially for a podium or a win. And, you know, it's, that two, out two and a half hour, two hour forty five minute mark, and you guys are just in a deep battle that's been going on. Like, just mentally, kind of take us through 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 that process.
7: You know, it's it's tough and it's rider by rider. Um, it takes a long time. It took me a long time. Maybe I'm a slow learner. It took <laughs> me a long time time to learn my competition and and learn where I can make my moves. Uh, it also It also takes a long time to know how to lead and keep them from making those moves. So this weekend, for example, I knew that I was going to have to get aggressive with a mistake from a lapper from Josh Strang because he's been doing it so damn long. He knows me. He knows my game. I know his, like, it it was going to take a mistake. I saw the mistake. I I took the opportunity. I made my pass, and not two miles later, like, Everybody thought that there was no battling because cameras missed it, and that's the tough part about GNCC. Like, five guys were within five seconds. Believe me, there was some passing and some bumping going on. Um, and up until two hours, there was like ten guys within mm-hmm. ten seconds. So, um, there was, there was definitely some, some. Made, I, I like completely messed up my shoulder hitting Ben Kelly so hard. It was unintentional, just a, a mistake from a lapper that got him squirrely, and he shot over, and just, I, I mean, I smoked him, but when you're racing that fast and that close like shit happens but yeah like in in that position you start remembering every single line and you have kind of marks around the track like in a supercross these guys are remembering 16 jumps and six corners like i've got a lot more to remember than that so it kind of it's like you remember the section and you know when that major opportunity is coming and you know that, okay, I have to start setting up for this three corners in advance to make sure I can cut under when it matters. And I did that. I mean, I, I ran it in on string probably five or six good times where most other riders I probably would have had the pass made. And I just, I mean, he, he was too good on defense. The guys the guy's been there and done that for so long. Um, so it's really kind of a, a game of, of chess at that point. Like you're you're thinking your strategy, his strategy, where can you strike and making sure that you're always at the right position when you need to and you know our like my heart rate and in a battle like that on the last time i'm i'm like pushing 200s which you can't replicate like i can't replicate on cycling rowing doesn't matter like heart rate doesn't hit 200 except on a bike and you know you're you're getting mentally fatigued you're breathing heavy you start thinking like most guys just just go attack 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 like as a as more of a veteran now like I'm thinking, okay, this section's a little smooth. Nobody behind me is going to get by. I'm going to cool down. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to take a breath. And I, also, you can see the rider in front of me. you. and can kind of see when he relaxes, like the body position just slightly changes. Mm. All right, he's taking that breath. I know I can't get by him. He knows I can't. I'm going to take my breath. I'm going to take an advantage. Whenever we go back to it, it's time to strike. And, and you know, this is where this is where it happens probably – four or five times on the track, a lap, and it's only a quarter of a mile. You know, it's a it's a <laughs> 30 second, 30 second, take your breath. Like it's a tighter section, whatever. And you're not trying to overwork your body. You might sit down, you grab a sip of water whatever. And then the second, the second that that kind of breaks free, you're going again. But, you know, even during that, what I call my break period, like we're passing lappers, like they're standing still, like we're still going really fast. It's just a, a smooth fast. It's like a, it's like when somebody has a 30-second lead in a pro national and they kind of take a break, like they're still going really fast. They're just chilling out, like kind of the same thing, catching our breath. And then it, it when it when it goes, like that last lap, I mean, having five guys fighting for the, the lead within five seconds, like that got pretty intense. I mean, that's where you, you forget to breathe a little bit, and I think we all did. Like it was uh, – I missed my mark. I, I knew – where I had passed Strang the lap before I could have passed him again. And I planned on it and I got there and I just completely blew it. And there was only one, there was only one spot I knew I could make the pass. And I, I knew it the entire track and I got there and there was a guy on my left and I, I hesitated. And by the time I hesitated, it was too late. So, Mm. um, just, uh, it's, I mean, you've got to really be sharp. And there's like, I say a lot of mental game on, on that side of it.
1: And yeah, very very intense. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more things with you. You mentioned next year with the team. You didn't have much time this year. Things are going to be a little different. Can you kind of talk about what the twenty four plans are for your team? Maybe who you're thinking about as riders. Uh, if you're considering switching brands away from Austrian, just kind of take us through what your hopes for twenty four will be.
7: Yeah, you know, as a whole, like twenty four, I'm I'm really looking for where are we going to have the best opportunity not necessarily for 24 but for the future as well Mm -hmm. so um you know as far as like picking the manufacturer it's it's kind of like not just picking the manufacturer but picking the manufacturer that you kind of see a little bit of longevity out of and um you know it it, right now like ktm's been really good i've written for ktm for since i was nine years old like jack penton signed me so i've had Seventeen years under KTM. So, wow, did not know that. Um, yeah, I think I only rode. I only rode away from KTM for the two years I was on Yamaha. So, um, yeah, I mean, we. I've been. I, or, sorry, and should the the one Sherco year. So, yeah, I mean, this is year twenty since I inked my first deal with KTM years ago on sixty fives, and uh, you know they've been really, really good to work with, but. You know, it really comes down to who's going to give me the best opportunity next year. And um, right now, you know, we're throwing throwing names in a hat and trying to kind of decide like what my other XC one or XC two rider is going to be. And um, you know, I've got I've got a few names that that kind of stuck out, and um, you know, some other guys. Like it, it's tough. I've got some really good friends in the sport, and the only problem I see with hiring like one of my really good friends is will it drive a wedge between myself and a good friend? So, um, you know, like one of my first options was, Mm -hmm. I was looking at a, at a good buddy of mine, Evan Smith, and I'm just sitting there going, man, I, I can just see something going wrong there. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's not the best idea. Like, he's a good friend we ride together every week like i don't i don't want to drive a wedge there and, and hell maybe i'm wrong maybe it could maybe it could make everything better like hell I'm, i might be able to help him he might be able to help me but to me like it's tough to make business and, and friendship always work so
2: yeah what about um, your brother
7: he, he's definitely you know we can hate each other we have hated each other like, all, all of our lives so like you know we were we were always like fighting non-stop dirt bikes mainly were the reason um but yeah like i i he's definitely he's definitely on the list but his his contract's not up this year so right um he was he it, i think he would have been a top pick just mainly convenience he lives seven miles from the track and the training facility i'm about to move over towards the training facility so we'll be you know basically ten miles apart and um testing wise we' we're, we're the same size not many guys are our size racing at this level, so that's true it, yeah it makes it to where like i, I feel like we could we could help each other out and we have in the past. So, um, you know, he's on the list, but not, not for this year. And we're looking at, at, um, uh, I really want a good female rider and we've kind of, you know, been playing that one out a little bit to see where that puts us. And, um, you know, my other pro one or pro two, like I, I'm looking at, I want, I I want to look at a couple of older guys, like guys that are my buddies that, that aren't quite as, uh, you know, as close but still good friends that i've known for years and you know one of them would be bad ball and the other one's josh toth like i think those guys are both solid they've had good results and both kind of had a, a bad hand dealt the last couple of years so yeah um you know I, I think that with the right opportunity those guys could both do very well and um i know that's kind of towards the end of his career but sometimes you know strength showed it this weekend even towards the end like old dog still got some bites. So, yes, he does. Um, yeah.
1: I think he's doing something new next year too.
7: Yeah. Yeah. From, from my understanding, he'll have a completely new program and
1: yeah,
7: you know, it's, it's, uh, this is the worst part about racing. Like right now is the worst part because I'd love to share like, man, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of stuff cooking, but it's, like <laughs> you're still under contract from the previous year. And, um, you know, it <clears throat> it's tough. Like you you almost wish that things would get leaked a little bit more for, for a couple reasons. Like number one, let's say that i let's say that i do end up changing something major and my fans or the racers that we're with would want to follow well hell i can't release it till january one now at that point they've already bought everything for next year so ah. now this now this whatever big deal i have they're going to be like ah oh, well we didn't see any numbers change for this year and are they going to give me a second year i don't know so that's you know those are the tough parts like silly seasons rough like i i wish that we had a I wish that we had a an instigator like Math is just stirring shit nonstop, nonstop for us. So
1: yeah, maybe Scotty, maybe that could be our role. We, yeah, we got to get more involved with the GNCC stuff. Yeah, Um because <laughs> yeah, this, I, I, as I told you, man, I'm starting to fall in love with this, and I definitely the, the Ampro team told me any round I want to do, I'm more than welcome to come out. So I'm going to try to hit a lot more next year and get more involved. Um, I have a lot more questions I want to get to. We're definitely going to have to get you back on, but I've got, I have two more I want to get to tonight, real quick. Uh, Scotty, do you have any more before? No, I'll okay, just go ahead. So <clears throat> you, you uh, have done, I think you're a two time ISDA, DE world champion, five national enduro championships. So far, haven't got the GNCC one, but I wanted to know if there was like a bucket list thing that you still want to do. I did see you're going to go race in Japan at the national cross country uh, finale for them, but uh, is that a bucket list or is there something else that stands out that, Hey, one day I want to do this event.
7: Yeah, I would say I I really want to go and try. Erzberg or Romaniacs, like doing something like that. Just, just to me would be really cool. And, and too like, I think a pro national would be fun at some point. It's just, that's one of those things I would completely have to change everything for. So, like, we've seen some guys do it in the past, and feel like they were still halfway tied to their roots. So to do it, like, it's, it's one of those things you have to completely change every aspect of what the way you train, the way you ride. Um, the, I mean, just so much. So uh, it, would, it would take a little more dedication to do that one, but I think a Romaniacs or something like that would still be fun to do while I've got yep. the talent.
1: That was one of Rachel's answers, and I think both of you are nuts. Um, that doesn't look fun at all. Uh, last question. Once you retire, uh, do you have a record deal on contract uh, set up? Are you ready? Because I did hear your voice Friday night with uh, he was singing, "Sky" some Friends in Low Places with the band. Oh, nice. That's a good song. Yeah, it, it is a good yeah, song. I Normally.
7: Normally. Oh. <laughs> I butchered it. It, was, I was, bad. I, it was, there was a little more going on. They were playing it way too slow for me, and I was too, i was i was drinking which made me more confused i so. feel like that was you dude you were singing it slow no nah, you got it i was listening to the music it was just going way too slow okay maybe it was me i mean hey <laughs> whatever i'll take the blame but normally <laughs> hey. I, I don't butcher that song that bad okay I think, but yeah yeah well, so the fans did not care that. they loved it yeah the fans were still they they were luckily they drank more than i did i think so <laughs> And, and if they didn't, well, but maybe they didn't, but, um, <laughs> no, it was, uh, it it, it was, it, it's always a good time. So, you know, I, I, I don't mind making a fool of myself to be honest. Hell, I think that's makes me even more relatable.
1: <laughs> I, I think so, man. I don't think you made a fool of yourself. You were having a good time. I love that you were up there doing that, you know, having fun. The people loved it. Just, yeah, just, I loved it. I thought it was
2: <laughs> I do, was, I, I do. I oh, do have yeah, one more. Let's, have you, let's close out with yours. Have you? Have you ever seen or maybe I won't. You have to say if you've done it yourself. But have you ever seen anybody uh, put the beer in the Camelback? Oh God, I've heard of I, it. I've heard of some wives' tales of like that.
7: I, I remember when I was a kid racing Citrus, a guy that said he always raced with two beers in the Camelback. Said he did claims he never got arm pump. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and. And that it was plenty of carbs. He never felt a buzz, but he says he's not. Ne- he never got arm, trump- arm pump. Now, me personally, I've not done that. Two years ago was the first time that I'd ever drank it, or no, last year was the first time I'd ever drink a beer and then rode my motorcycle. Like I just don't. I don't do it. Like I've done burnouts. I've blown be- beads, beads off the tire doing a burnout, but like I'm not going to go ride at my level. I'm still smart enough, even when I'm drunk, to say. There's no reason for me to get out there and do that. But <laughs> there was definitely, definitely a time last year where I got, we were at an open moto track at my track and I was getting beat by riders. that should not beat me. I was getting really frustrated and taking some time off and I parked my stuff, went back to the truck, drank a couple beers with some buddies that like pro downhill guys, uh, the Shaw brothers and Dakota Norton, they were all out there. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go do a couple more laps. And I went out there and everywhere that I was struggling to ride ruts, I think I just forgot about the ruts and I rode twice as good. I Mm -hmm. had like three beers. So, but I do, I I don't think you could do it with more than three beers. And even after my couple laps, like I came back in and, I checked my heart rate. It was like 11 beats higher than before. I was definitely sweating way more. Definitely would not recommend trying to race like that.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) hilarious, man. Well, Stu, we've kept you long enough. Really, really, it was a great meeting this weekend. Glad you came on the show, and uh, we'll do it again. I'm going to be at some more of these, and we're going to start trying to cover them a little bit more.
7: Absolutely. It was awesome for you guys at all. I love kind of seeing the, the motocross industry get more and more involved in the off-road. And I think it's, I think it's cool. Like, obviously we're all, we all love the same thing and that's yep. bikes. And, and obviously you're a nineties moto guy. Cause if not, you wouldn't love it. Like you do. You, I, you would say, man, yep. this GNCC stuff's not for me.
1: No, it's, it's all, <laughs> I, it's all about it. You know, one of the coolest things was just, I, I was going to touch on is just the family atmosphere of how not only are there families there, like I talked about, but they make you your family. Like I stayed with some friends and met their friends and everybody is just so supportive and having a good time, and I, 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 love it, man. I would love to do, I'd love to go to all of them. Uh, I won't be able to go to all yeah. of them, but yeah, it's, it's. I'm, I'm very much into the off road community now.
7: Yeah, well, come on out. Hey, if, if they don't have a bike for you over there, I'll have one for you over here, and come try an Ashlander. I can put you up there too.
1: Okay, I, I may hit you up on that, Stu. But thank you so much for your time tonight, Stuart Baylor. Uh, Baylor tonight, brought to you by WSA. Thank you, man.
4: Thank you guys. All
1: right, see you. The legend, Stu.
2: Yeah, dude, he's that's that's uh that's exactly how cool I expected him to be. So, yeah. yeah,
1: he's rad, dude, and he was just down to earth the whole time. Yeah, he he's Like that there's guy, no man. faking that's who he is, right? Like he's like a Chris Kiefer. That this that's who the guy is. Um
2: He's he's yeah. definitely he's definitely changing that sport and I think it's for the, I think it's for the better. It's it's you know, he had very good uh insights on it's funny how like the the GNCC guys want these guys to be all buttoned up, and they told him yeah. he had to change who he was. But it's like, dude, like do you not see what's going on? What the on? crowd is, yeah, yeah exactly. like dude, like they're 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 yelling for him. Like, they're those yeah. are the guys, like he said, that are are Spending painting houses and yeah. stuff and going in and putting a new head in his bike. Like that, yeah. that guy wants nobody wants nobody yeah.
1: wants like a um, straight edge guy in GNCC. Nobody. No, no,
2: you get made fun of for being yeah. like that.
1: Since its inception almost 12 years ago, 6D Helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR1 to its successor, the ATR2, the goal is to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Tonight, 6D brings us the owner of the General Tires Arena Motocross Nationals, Jay Reynolds. What's up, Jay?
5: Hey Jamie, how are you? Doing
1: good, man. Glad to have you on. You're you're serious, man. It's right around the corner for two, for the new season. One week away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. November. Uh, what is it? Third and fourth in Topeka, Kansas. It is. Yeah. Are you ready?
5: Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, things <laughs> okay. are. You wouldn't believe it. it um, there's the silly season that's happening right before that with riders and everything, and uh, everybody wanting to come on board, and uh, it's it's like the last minute. A lot like sponsors are a lot of times. So it's good. It's really good. Coming together really well.
1: Yeah. So I think this season is nine cities, uh, five Mm -hmm. are televised on FS1. Is Daniel Blair involved again?
5: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Blair. Oh yeah. 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 We got Daniel Blair, Justin. Then then doing got Justin Brayton. Okay. And then on the floor, we've got it split up between Kristen Beat and Erica Allred. So those are two ladies who are going to really kill it and always do.
1: Yeah, I know Kristen pretty well. I don't know – Erica, is that what you said?
5: Yeah, Erica is is a girl that's kind of – yeah. Nice. Whenever Kristen's doing uh, Worlds, um, when she's doing Worlds one time, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, then Erica's going to fill in.
1: So one of the things I saw on the the, the, uh, schedule was that you're adding some super – like a super mini championship and a schoolboy championship – have you ever done something like that before or is, or is this the first time you're really focusing on those? Two? So,
5: so what we're trying to do, um, and this was, I'll give credit where credit is due with Daniel Blair. He, he's been calling the races and he's like, man, we could open up just a little bit of airtime and really focus on some top amateur talent and put them on national TV. So, um, to do that, uh let me see, let me go back just a little bit, and I'll come right back to that. Yeah. We've taken the two fifty and four fifty pro class and combined them into one class, which everybody on t v that that's watching that'll make more sense than having a two fifty and a four fifty pro class and in arena cross they're running the same right they're running the it's the same guys right mm-hmm. so um so we played it into an open pro class and what that and then we uh combined the purse uh doubled the purse. And, um, and are going that way. So we're going to have, uh, two main events out of this new program and the pros. So we'll have two main events and be scored moto outdoor moto style or two moto combined uh, style for points and for the purse on both nights. What that does in the TV program that allows us to open up the, uh, it, it actually creates a little bit of time within the 40, 42 minutes that you have of actual TV time. So that's where we're taking the um, the four races with the super minis, and then the six races with the uh, with the schoolboy twos class, and bringing in the top uh, top amateur uh, top amateur racers, and we're actually going to show their race just about in its entirety. Do some background interviews and background stories, just like you do with pros.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that because yes, those kids are the future. So I think you know and we've seen. We've obviously seen with Super Motocross; those guys brought in did some of that, and I th- I love that. I love seeing those kids out there racing and getting a chance to watch. Oh, yeah, them. yeah. Again, like they're, they're the future, and I love it. I love seeing that. Um,
5: well, and, and Jamie says it gives them a stepping, and I agree completely. And not Jamie, but Daniel. I yeah. mean, it's given us it's giving these kids a, number one a chance to race under the lights and see what it's like, and then and then also get some interviewing skills. And also give them a step before they make it to Supercross Futures.
1: I like it. Uh, as far as teams go, you've had a couple teams that have kind of been part of your series and hung with it. Uh, I know Jeff yeah. Crutcher's team. He's got uh, Jorgen T- Taviku coming out this uh, from Estonia, which that's pretty cool. Yeah. That guy's got some talent, man. I've seen him, you know, in the GPs. You guys got to be pretty excited about some of the talent and the teams that are.
5: Oh. Well, the vision in the beginning, um, and it's starting to take place is instead of going and trying to get the teams from the past, you know, that we're in Arena Cross, well let's start creating them within the region of where we're at. And Crutcher was the first one to do that, Jeff Crutcher, yep. um over at Cycle Zone KTM and um and he's got him he's named his team Creo. And he's got mad. now he's got Yeah, and uh which is cool. Give it your own name, right? And um it's Creo K, uh, Cycle Zone KTM team. And, um, he's got Tyler Gibbs from Canada, um, who's legit. And then you, like you said, Jorgen, um, and then another kid named Dawson Cobb. So he's got a three man team bees. Moto lab with bees. Moto lab gas, gas team has just come on, uh, as of today. Um, there's, that's another team. We've got another Honda, the Ozarks. So we're getting these shops just like they did, you know, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, in California, well, they're starting to come around in the Midwest, so Honda, the, Honda the Ozarks is a Honda powerhouse. Is a Honda powerhouse dealership, and they backed uh, Michael Lessy and uh, and Brett Greenley, and then um, Redline's in on that too. So you've got Michael Lessy, Carter Gordon, Jalen McManus. Which this is really a cool story. Jalen, which you may not know, who he is, but he's our b class champion from last year. And now he's moving up to pro. So what that makes that so special to us is that people are actually moving up through the system and then getting rides. So we're really, really stoked about that.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Our, uh,
2: um, oh, sorry. Go yeah.
5: ahead. No, no, it's okay.
2: Our uh, our co host that decided they didn't want to join us today had a Ho- question. He Ho- he TJ. was. He said that you are really, you're really good about thinking outside of the box, and he just wanted to know what you kind of had innovation wise for the upcoming years.
1: Uh, good question. Well, I, uh, I don't give him credit you, for that, Jay. Come on, no. come on, so it's, it's a, a mediocre oh, okay. it. best. Uh,
5: so the two fifty uh, and four. Yeah, it's a good can question, right? <laughs> he he asked everybody that, right? Yeah. So, um, he just pulled one out of the hat. Uh, I would say the innovation would be bringing these amateurs. I mean, where else is that done on national, on national, national TV? I'm not talking, uh, I mean, like Fox Sports 1, that's the magic bullet that, that covers, I mean, Fox Sports 1 covers their reaches 10 times, if not more, that of Fox Sports 2 or of uh, MAV TV. You know, some of the others where other people are. So we're putting people on it. We're putting amateur racers on national, national, I mean, the big stage. So that is one. Um, probably that's the biggest. The other thing I think everybody uh, might like is we're going to start playing with uh, with a champion, another championship within a championship with uh, the uh, the electric bikes leaving my mind not not Stark, Suron.
1: thank you oh tj's gonna love that he's he's ate up with that right now
5: so i haven't released this so i'll just release it right now so we're going to do a three race championship and you can come and race any day by yourself but we're going to do three just three nights on saturday night we're going to do lebanon missouri in december then we're going to do kansas city on saturday night and then we're going to do i think wichita Um, the Wichita round at the casino, we're going to do that on Saturday night. So we're going to do our three race championship with Surons or or electric type bikes. I think that, uh, just judging on what I saw over at Ponca (laughs) the other day, uh, I think that, and what everybody's saying, that'll be, that'll, that'll turn into something really huge. Those are definitely getting Um,
1: popular. Yeah. Dan, I was at a mm -hmm. race at Daniel's facility, uh, about a month or so ago and they had a Suron race and they lined them up with like the plus 65 year olds i think on like maybe a 65 okay. but carson brown was on a Suron and going faster on the tight sections than one of the old guys on a 450 it was unreal
5: i raced a cake bike last year it's called a cake bike have you ever I, seen them i haven't i don't know what that is yeah go look at it it's a very unique looking bike okay. um it is a it's a it's a surron type bike anyway i raced it in the pit bike class and against modded, you know, one tens and it's electric bike, and was able to almost win out of twenty or thirty guys. So that was a lot of that was showed the showed the abilities of those bikes.
1: Very cool, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, you've been doing this a long time, um, and I want to ask you. You called it. They ran across here a minute ago. What happened with the title? Uh, I know you. I was. My understanding is you had to change the name of the series, but can you give us any details on that?
5: Uh, long story. And okay. I want to take, I want to take the high road, yep. which other people didn't. And I want to take the high road and just move on.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Not a problem. Uh, but general tires is back on uh, board. So those oh, guys yeah. obviously believe in you. What about the other sponsors? You've always had a lot of, uh, endemic sponsors helping out. And you, I remember in the past, oh, you yeah, gave a do. lot of product away, helping some of these amateurs out.
5: Oh, absolutely. We do the world's richest riders meeting. We give away over $2,500 worth of product every week. Um, so we do a, a raffle for every so everybody in the riders meeting, the amateur riders meeting comes in and they get a free raffle ticket. And so that means that not just the winners win, the guy that races, I looked at I looked back at it and I thought, I'm giving all this stuff to just the champions, right? To yeah. the three and, and and nothing again great. We do get stuff for the champions, right? But I mean one guy we let's be realistic, one guy's gonna win the two fifty and the four fifty novice class, and he's probably gonna win a schoolboy class too. So he's walking away with all this stuff. And I thought, is that a good, useful, uh, is that, you know, uh, for uh, useful way for all this product to go out? if nothing else, for my sponsor, what they want, right? They want to get it in the hands of different people. So we just made up this, uh, we came up with this idea. We're going to divide it by nine, nine weekends and, uh, and give away, I mean, a service, Talon's awesome. And, and we give away a, a, a plastic certificate, a free set of plastic um guts over there we you know that free a free seat cover goes out to somebody and it may be the 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 fourth place finisher in the beginner class well he's a customer too right of course yeah that's i mean you know and and so he absolutely is and everybody who comes in there is 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 a customer so yeah we do that uh we're real excited we just signed napa auto parts i think that's going to be a huge one to come um uh, a new energy drink a new upstart energy drink we did and then uh, of course we got geico motorcycle uh on board um uh, along with then your you know your sunoco race fuel and and redline oil and Redline's really backing the teams uh you know in very very involved in our race team who's your tire still i mean best tires for indoors i mean those things are so stiff everybody loves them indoors I um, I can just speak to indoors. So I just know (laughs) that that, that just, just, you know, but I know they do love them. Um, They, they really, really do.
1: Yeah. I was curious that they were still involved because it was at one time, the Hoosier arena cross series. So yeah, that's good that they're still involved. And,
5: and, and as, as you, as you progress, Mm -hmm. right. Then, then, then sponsor levels grow. And sometimes those, you know, you go to the big brother of uh, Hoosier, (laughs) which is General Tire. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And, uh, and, and move on from there. So, yeah, yeah. It's
2: yeah, good. you know, we I like that you guys are having this more focus on on the the pro side of things and not just making it a, you know, a big event for everybody. I I when you're talking about the innovations, i like all that stuff with the track. How are you how is the track going to look like this year? What what do you want to see personally change from maybe years prior?
5: Uh, honestly, that's where uh our num let me just speak to our numbers, okay? Uh, I'll say, and then I'll come back to that so the numbers that we consistently do and you can go check other people's numbers we do 700 to 1000 entries a weekend okay that says to me that the tracks and that and that includes anywhere from 20 to 30 pros and that tells me that the tracks are pretty good and that's been going on for five to six years running Um. So uh, we do, or I think, um, do a really good job of doing a happy medium because both the pros and the amateurs got to race on these tracks. Um, last year, we did get the whoop section a little bigger. Um, uh, our track builder, Tracy Freeman's really good about taking this tr- the rhythm section and making it uh, the triple. There's usually a triple-double. It depends on how long the section is. Or, or a step on step off or whatever it is. He's usually got something in there that only the top five, six pros can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amateurs are able to double, double, double right on through. Right. And have, a, and have a great time. So, um, uh, so I would say we stand pat with the track just based on what the, uh, on, on what our numbers have been, have shown in the years past.
1: Fantastic. Well, Jay, is there anything else that you want to touch on about the series this year? Uh, anything you want to tell the fans, the listeners, uh, anything like that? Oh, I did. Um, uh,
5: the TV package. Yeah. There's two things. Just okay. Real quick, the TV package is. I mean, obviously, the you know the different companies and the TVs believe in what we're doing. I mean, FS1 is signed on for years, multi-year deals. That's great. Um, yeah, and we come back. Our stuff's post-produced, right? So it's it's not live. Um, but that allows it to live on a lot. And because it's nice, tidy package, 44 minutes, you know, an hour package with, with, uh, commercials. So we hit FS1, we get major re-airs on FS1, FS2. FSR Canada ran us over 300 times throughout the year. Um, and we didn't even add, uh, that's just something that they put on, um, over 75 airings on FS1 and FS2 in a three month frame. And this year we added on MAV TV. And so they're going to pick us up after right at about um, June, see, May, mm-hmm. I guess, April or May, and run for three months and do 70 to 75 airings there. And then we just launched our new YouTube channel, which is Arena Motocross. And, it, and we're putting up, I think this, there isn't much else out there like this, but we're putting on the full uh, one-hour broadcast on there from years past. And it's just it's skyrocketing right now as far as uh, views.
1: That's great. That's great. And you're coming back to Dallas this
5: year, right? Yeah, was that was the other thing I was going to talk about. Yeah, so Dallas, Fair Park, Dallas, where they do the where they do the State Fair. Yep, it's 215 acre complex with a ro- it the Rose Bowl stadiums there. Uh, no, no, Rose bowl, no, Rose Bowl, yeah, Rose Bowl, not account. the Rose Bowl. Duh. Yeah, what's the other bowl? Um, uh, anyway, well, yeah, it's, why it's,
1: am I blanking? Um, there's concerts yeah, every year. Uh, what the
5: hell is that?
1: Yeah. In Dallas? Yeah, it's like right there yeah. near Deep Elm. Cotton Bowl. Man,
5: Cotton oh, yeah, Bowl. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So, Cotton the Cotton bowl. bowl, you can throw a rock at it from there. Yep. They just put a, a bunch of many millions into this indoor stadium right next to it. It's 215 acre complex that is locked down, man. I mean, this it, it is, it's, it, you know, downtown Dallas is good and bad, right? But this place is 215 acres of locked down. So, once you're in there, I mean, meaning if you're coming to race or whatever, you're pretty darn safe. And um, we're stoked to be right in downtown Dallas for that. If everybody was be- b- kind of bummed, amateur arena crossers, if you were bummed because there's no Vegas for you guys, <laughs> uh, w- maybe. We just uh, we switched our Wichita round from a nice arena over to the uh, the Kansas Star Casino, which is a boy gaming facility. And this is, this is the top-notch facility is huge inside indoor pits and it is connected literally they're gonna have to put guards there to keep kids from going over and, <laughs> and get to the gambling <laughs> i'm not kidding you yeah. walk out then you walk out it's an indoor slot machine walk out and there is there it all is bright and shiny blingy and uh um, carpet all the way through with an attached hotel super nice place that's that's the last weekend in january Everybody needs to be in Wichita, and that's going to be the last round of that Suron, Suron race too. So okay. I expect that to be huge.
1: Yeah, if I'm not, so, if I'm not at a through two, which I don't know right now. Let's see, it's a two. No, it'd be San Diego. Maybe if I'm not in California that week, which I may be, but if I'm not, I'm going to definitely come up to that.
5: Yeah, that's the last weekend in January. That's when it yeah. is, and then. Um, and then the last one in Springfield, my hometown, they just they just tore down the Rinky Dink arena that's been here forever and built a full scale one and we're gonna have their first one of the first dirt events in there um first week of February. That'll be our final. So Love it. Um yeah, stoked. Stoked for the teams, um, stoked for the riders, um, and stoked to be on the show, man. Appreciate yeah, what hey, you guys are. Appreciate do. you
1: guys reaching out and yeah, I, I was I was going to uh, – we had a full show already, but I wanted to squeeze you in because we aren't doing a show next week, and I know the season, like I said, kicks off November 3rd and 4th in Topeka, so we want to get you on before then. So I'm glad, like, every year that you reach out and keep us involved. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting season for you.
5: Yep. Everybody go check out arenamotocross.com on YouTube and the socials, and we'll see you guys. We'll keep on doing what we do, and you do what you do, and I think we'll be good.
1: Well, hey, Jay, thanks for your time. 60 Helmets presented Jay Reynolds tonight from General Tires Arena Motocross Nationals. Thanks again for your time, man.
5: Man, I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too.
1: See ya. That's Jay Reynolds. Yeah, that's a fun series, man. I I went, I went. never got. To, I haven't rode one, but I went to one back like, when it, <laughs> it used to be. Like originally, I remember being Nitro Arena Cross, and I went to one of those in Mesquite. And it's grown a lot since then. Like That's where uh, well they used to do the stunt show. and yeah with Brian Jackson. And yeah, I don't know if he's still involved in that or not, but very, yeah, it's a very cool arena cross series. And there's a lot, like I said, nine cities you guys can go to and check out. You see one coming to your area. Definitely cool go
2: out there at the cotton bowl. Yeah. I right yeah. Realize that. I'm going
1: to try to go to that one. Uh, if I'm in town. Yeah. that time. All right, let's start wrapping the show up. All right. We're two and a half hours already Four guests. Uh, not uh, I'm a sure. Whole, they're happy. Yeah. Not a whole lot more to talk about with the GNCC stuff. I know I said, we kind of come back to it, but I, I kind of thanked everybody. Once again, I just want to give Pete a bunch of shit for just talking shit. But At was, least
2: he it, went up the hill. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right,
1: fair enough. No, they, they were great. I just Thanks again to that, the, all the families that uh, helped me out. Uh, but, yeah, my total time, 151.56. I finished. I'm very, very happy with that. Um, we talked about the spot. Jason Lawrence, we didn't really touch on that. Jason Lawrence was there. I did do an interview with him, very short, like three and a half minutes. It's up on Vital. So if you want to check that out. And a few other people nice. did some stuff with Jason. Um same old Jason Lawrence, man. Wasn't, yeah, yeah. That's the first time I'd ever really met him though. But what'd you would you think? Uh no comment? I don't know. I mean, he's, yeah, he was fine. He yeah. was, it, it he seemed interested in it. Like he seemed he was that's happy good. to be They're there. Engaged. So he engaged, that's good. Yeah, he was engaged. He wasn't like uh, I don't really want to do it. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So he was fine. He was cool. Uh I didn't talk to him very long, just did the interview and but yeah, I think we've covered GNCC pretty well. Huh? No more questions, nothing else? No, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else stood out. Like, there was a couple... I had, I had two crashes. I think I mentioned that, and that was... I don't just, think you mentioned that on the show. Okay, so, yeah, two crashes, just learning that roots, exposed roots, and wet tires don't match very well. They don't mesh. Uh, there was... I don't have the name in front of me. There was somebody with Ampro Yamaha, a, a, a woman there, She, man, she went right into kind of making fun of me and giving me shit during the, in the pits. And then I crashed twice. Somehow, even though the crashes were in totally separate areas, she saw both of them. So she caught me after the race. I was like, yeah, I saw both your crashes. <laughs> or she said, I saw Great. two. She's like, I saw you crash twice. I was like, how the hell did you see both of them? They weren't even in the same area. Um, she didn't get them on. She took, sent me some pictures, but she didn't get the crashes. But um, again, that just kind of goes back to how friendly and inviting and family oriented all was just everybody was just super yeah, it's, awesome.
2: a, it's a it's a big vibe dude i i, I want to go do one I, yeah or at least go to one a, a pro one uh
1: okay guts racing we already did guts racing i feel like i'm missing one of the sponsor reads here let's do motul definitely feel like I'm missing a... uh, Founded in 1853, Motul is a 170-year-old company. For decades, Motul has developed the high-performance synthetic ester-based lubricants. By selecting esters over other high-performance synthetic-based stocks and combining them with an innovative additive package, Motul has created a perfect synergy. This most advanced ester core technology allows the maximum power output of the engine without compromising reliability and wear shopmotool.com and enter code VITAL20. Now, I was told that code is not working. We're working on getting a new code.
2: Working on it, not working? Yeah,
1: I was told just this this week. We've reached out to them. I haven't got a response yet, but we're trying to get a new code. But as of right now, it's supposed to be VITAL, all capitalized, 20, no spaces, to receive 20% off your order $50 or more, or go to your local dealership and ask for Uh Motool email. Uh this one just says like, hey, what's one rider from each series, meaning motocross and MXGP that you would like to see switch come over? Like is there one guy you'd love to come see? Like to me, obviously Hurlings would be the one. Yeah. And then from Motocross for me I kinda well, go Eli, but Eli's on his way out, so I think Eli a couple years ago would have been my answer. I don't know right now.
2: Yeah. Anything stand out to you? Um, I well, I think we're kind of. It sounds like we might be getting it with Prado. I think I think that'd be cool. Well, that'd be for supercross. I'm talking about outdoor. oh, I mean, well, to see I, I outdoors. Oh, just see
1: outdoor. Next year, yeah, and yeah, in 25, he may be over here. You're right. Yeah, he will be over here. I think. Yeah. I'd so like, you're right. You're right.
2: I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to see. I'd like to see some of the uh, the amateur guys. I'd like to see what uh, like switch, Deegan and Everts.
1: Oh, you said amateur.
2: No, but uh, the, the, two, 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 the, like the the lights the class or mix yeah, two makes two and, yeah, and or two
1: fifty. Not lights. I I ever I corrected myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but see, I don't want them to do that yet. They're too early in their career. Well, yeah, like, I know. I but I'm just to saying, and like, leave now. Go to you know, make, but like, I'm just thinking, like, next year, if there was one guy,
2: yeah, it, I don't know, it'd be yeah. well. I mean, that, yeah. not for. Are you saying to swap forever or just for like just well, I mean, for? If it was for one season, but I wouldn't want once, to a whole season. Yeah, a whole season. I was thinking like just like a race or two. No, no, a whole season.
1: Like I'd like to see Hurlings come here, see where he's at. Yeah. And kind of like Ryan Villapoto tried to do, see a guy go over there. And nobody totally stands out right now other than like Eli or even Kenny, but they're both kind of at the end of their career. So I don't know.
2: I don't know why I think this, because I don't really have a much of facts to base this Mm -hmm. on. But I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Febra would do good over here.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Febra would be a good pick. Febra
2: and then like maybe someone like... uh, who would, who would do good over there? I, th- I think someone like a... Oh, a Mookie. Mookie would be cool. Okay.
1: All right. Good answers. There's your answer. Yeah. Uh, X-Brand. So, X-Brand, just, we've talked in the read before about all the GNCC stuff and mm-hmm. off-road stuff. So, this past weekend, Craig DeLong, who just won the XC1 championship, mm-hmm. X-Brand. Josh Strang, who won the XC1 race at Ironman, X-Brand. Bryson Neal, national hair and hand champion, ATV uh, XC1 champion, X brand, and then we got hunter lawrence champion and alpine star goggles which are lucids xbrand.com go to your local dealership i'm waving these papers around if you're watching
2: on youtube i was pointing at the sign oh oh
1: yeah um yeah go go to your local dealership ask for X brand, or go to eksbrand.com look at the different colorways get you some they're distributed through the wps at your local dealerships Procs, highs and lows we're gonna wrap this thing up coming to an end Rooted in racing from motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki, my now officially team, and Pro Yamaha. I'm Blue Crew, baby. Blue Crew. I do have one more thing to say about GNCC in a second. And SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit Prox-USA.com to search parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing on
2: social media.
1: I don't think I flubbed any of those tonight.
2: Yeah, you did pretty good. I didn't. I didn't. Notice. I don't know why I wasn't paying attention to it today. Prox Maybe highs and lows. Why you didn't mess up.
1: I'm gonna go highs the GNCC, lows hurling's.
2: <laughs> the, uh, lows the GNCC. I also want to <laughs> add a
1: high of the hug from Naomi. Oh yeah, that was just super sweet. That really did melt my heart. Um, yeah, those are mine. Those are my procs, highs and lows. What you got?
2: Um, my lows was that there was, there was no Cowboys game, there was no race, uh, there was ooh. no. There I just, was. I not of my
1: lows, more lows.
2: Yeah, that, that that was one of my highs. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure <it> was. <laughs> um, but that those and the, my lows, and then the highs that were just it's uh, it's getting into that fall season, and you know we're it's gonna start getting cold, and the next thing, you no know, Supercross will be here. So yeah,
1: true, true. Yeah, I, I guess I should add the lows. My Niners got beat two weeks in a row. Now that was rough. Let's
2: keep that. I like it. I like that streak. Let's keep that fine. streak they're, going. No,
1: they're fine. I'm not. I'm really. I, it bummed me out last night, but I'm not really worried. But then like USC lost again, and USC just kind of seems to suck right now. So yeah, it just is what it is. But <laughs> um, oh, the other thing I want to talk about with G- oh, two things actually. Uh, let me find this freaking. So, Michael Rich from Yamaha wanted me to talk about this. Uh, there is an event, and I am not super prepared for this coming up. Yamaha Motors USA is proud to welcome Blue Crew riders to join us at the second Blue Crew Invitational. South Motocross events at the Lazy, oh, I guess Invitational, South Motocross event at the Lazy River Way- Raceway in Dalton, Georgia. Open to riders of any skill level, ages four to 60 plus. Plan for two full days of incredible racing action with a three moto format on the wide open Lazy River MX track. Followed by a full slate of fun evening activities, prizes, exclusive gifts, and special guests. It's a perfect opportunity for an unforgettable race experience with your fellow Yamaha enthusiast. Brought to you by Yamaha Blue Crew and Yamaha of Dalton, this is an exclusive event open only to Yamaha Blue Crew members. So you got to go to yamahamotorsports.com slash blue crew. If you want to get involved in this, if you're a Blue Crew member, sign up and check this out. It's October 28th and 29th at Lazy River in Dalton, Georgia. Yeah, so check that out. If you're a Yamaha guy, you're in the area, you want to check do that event, it's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of fun. I would guess that Bradshaw and Ryan Villopoto would be there, so I want to shout that out. And then I want to talk about the Yamaha 250 that i rode the fx model mm-hmm. that bike is fun man
2: i i my uh the guy I was talking about that i used to that used to do racing stuff he had one and that thing is it's it's definitely built for the woods yeah it's absolutely
1: like, it's soft that's actually okay i got a little bit more to talk about now <laughs> it's soft but it's and it's, it's geared differently obviously yeah but it had all the power when i needed it when i the first couple laps especially the first lap and a half i had massive hand cramps like i never really got tired but I damn sure couldn't push because I just couldn't open my hands. Yeah, I was yeah. getting, like, whiskey throttle. So I was cruising. Um, But the bike, like, it, it was very snappy. When I would get a little bit of whiskey, that bitch wanted to take off. Yeah. Uh, but it did everything I wanted to. When I w- did do some of the hills, like, no problems. Was, was
2: it mostly stock or was it, like, a f- No, it was factory? all stock. It was all stock. Uh, I didn't, like I didn't
1: a... ride, like, Zacco's bike this time. It was oh, okay. fully stock. It was perfect because, like, the handlebars fit me. Because Zacco's bike had, like, the micro-type bars yeah. and – um, it was great. It was an awesome bike. It made me really, if I can't get a 350 for next year, I would like a Yamaha 250F, the, the moto version. Yeah. It's a good bike. It's a good thing. It felt yeah. really good. I lo- love the way it felt. Um, I'm going to write a story about GNCC that I have more details, but a lot of fun. We did get to ride the part of the moto track, the, the GNCC track. Oh, yeah,
2: there. was that part of the course?
1: Yeah, and it was last year too. But yeah. So we went through the rollers backwards. And like, I was like, okay, this is, I can make up some time here, man. Yeah, like yeah. I'm trying to blitz these things, but the suspension was so soft by the like, end. Boing, boing,
2: boing. Yeah. <laughs> when you would get
1: to the last one, I couldn't use it like as a, like a braking bump to stop. Cause it the bike was so bouncy. Yeah. Like, I almost went over the bars a couple of times trying to ride a little bit of moto through that, but it was such a good bike overall in the woods. It was just awesome, man. I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I'll write more about it um soon, probably next week. So yeah, experience was really great. Uh, I want to wrap this thing up by thanking all of our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Racetech and Boysen, along with X-Brand Goggles, Prox, Guts Racing, FXR, 60, Motul, WSA. Uh, I want to thank Liam Draper, Rachel Archer, Stuart Baylor, and Jay Reynolds for coming on. Anything else before we go? No, I just uh, just shout out to the YouTube guys as always for being a part of it. TJ then, said they were kind of giving you a hard time about your questions.
2: it was, it was just him.
1: Oh, was it just him? Yeah,
2: it was just him. They, they all. He sent me a one screenshot. Oh, one was? Guy that, said, hang on. Co-host has the right mentality most of the time.
1: It says group chat raging Scotty for long questions. That's just him. It was just. All right, him. I'm opening this up. Hang on. Uh, it, yeah,
2: it was just TJ. Nobody else. Really. Most people say that I have good questions. It was just him. <laughs> But,
1: uh, he <laughs> just said, I work a lot. I work hard then listening to Scotty's drawn out questions.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was just him. Yeah, nope. I don't even yeah. know
1: what that hardly means because his grammar is so bad. Yeah. Um, I'm reading these. Sorry, I'm being quiet. All right. No, well, okay. hey, yeah, so no show next week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but appreciate everybody listening. Looking forward to, yeah, maybe we'll, I don't know what we're going to talk about in two weeks, but we'll have something. We're we'll out. Figured
2: it out.